Um, is there, where's the cough button? Just kidding. <laughs> Thank God you're okay. Yeah, the word on the street is that you got the crap kicked out of you in the laundry room. Brad, don't say crap on television. <laughs> Gary, we were worried sick. Hey, hi, Rob. Oh, hey, look, Meathead's doing dishes. <laughs> Boy, I, I loved you on All in the Family. What was that line you always said? Edith, you dingbat. <laughs> no, 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 Archie used to say that. Oh, well, what was it that you always said? Well, I don't know. Sometimes I said, uh, come on, Gloria, let's go. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. I love that line. That's, that's terrific. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Nightfly with Dave Guskow. Yes, I said good morning, because I usually, for the past almost 300, no, 200 episodes, three years, 200 episodes, have said good evening. I always say good evening, even though my podcast comes out in the morning. But we are actually recording in the morning for the first time ever. Yes, in Reggie Miller's taunting Spike Lee. <laughs> Back at Cabana 5, down at the shore, it's summertime, it's Jersey, it's the Nightfly. All right, so yes, here we are, back at the Cabana with our good friend, David Elliott. Hey, Juskow. Hello. David, thank you again for the ultimate experience in podcasting. It just brings me back to the old Dave Juskow and Friends show, and now I'm one of the friends. Couldn't be happier, Dave. You've always to see been you. one of the friends. It's nice to see you, too. Thank you. Not the greatest day at the beach, but still there's nothing better at being in this cabana to the right of me instead of looking at my refrigerator that just... Um, Whatever says I love gay porn, I believe that Lawrence got me. Um, I look to the right and I see the Atlantic Ocean. Very exciting, a beautiful, calm Atlantic Ocean with nobody in sight because we're doing this at what seven thirty in the morning now. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Right to the right hand side, to my left, I see the toilets. But you know, <laughs> no, the left is the boardwalk down at the Jersey Shore, and uh, yeah, these are. This is like my favorite thing to do. We didn't do one last year, I think, mostly because. Uh, I think my cat was dying, so I was having a lot of trouble leaving, you know, during the summer and stuff. I know you just had a dog die, so, you know, not to start on a sad note, but uh, the people who listen to my podcast know how serious I was about my cat, um, and you just had one of your dogs die. The other dog, is that, um, is is he having trouble? No, you know, the other dog was the the younger. Were they related? No. Even though they're They look alike, right? Same breed? Same, yeah. Same mixed breed and the same exact size, but the the one that survived, one that's still living, um, was really the passive dog. And now it's odd without the other dog, he's starting to feel his own and oh. starting to really seize the dog in the house. And we're seeing some good changes. We were going to get a dog to replace him kind of fast at the end of the summer, but now we're thinking of waiting. That's probably best, right? Because he's coming into his own, just like uh, you did after you left Lawrence, uh, uh, rooming with Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> remember, you were the senior tenant, so uh, <laughs> that was the best. Um, Dave used to live. Wh- the reason Dave and I met actually because my best friend growing up 
you know, at the age of three, was this guy, Lawrence Lerman. And Dave went to college with Lawrence, and they met in college. And then they ended up rooming together. But before they roomed together in New York City, in a beautiful apartment in New York City, right? Uh, Three-bedroom apartment. A three-goddamn bedroom, which cost like $500 to live in. Terrace. Because it was like a, a loophole in the system. Right? Wasn't that the case or something? Well, the loophole was basically that we illegally sublet it from a criminal. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, it was, it right. was that black if and white. If you want to call that a loophole. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so so they met in college, and, uh, and and so then Lawrence had, he got the apartment from this other guy named Barry, who, when we would come over, he would be like, well, I'm kind of the senior tenant. Like, he would tell everybody that, and we're like, yeah. all right. And then you realize Barry's kind of an ass. You know, why would he say that? So the best was when David came over and he started coming over, he would tell people he was a senior tenant, but as a joke, because Barry used to do that. And it was so funny. <laughs> it was well, like, the other funny thing is, you know, it kind of, it's a way to like um, figure out how, you know, Lawrence may not, may not be the most motivated, you know, friend. Or, what are you talking about? He's so, like, oh, because of his weight. Yes. Bit, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, but didn't. when I moved in, I'm like, dude, I can move into to the master bedroom. He's like, I'm, I'm not going to move over there. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'll move into the right, right. I got the, the big oh, bedroom. Right. The minute yeah. I came in, I'm like, this is sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I, yeah, I always liked, actually, I never, you know, we were always in your room, your bedroom. I was never in Lawrence's. I can't remember a time hanging out in Lawrence's. Like, well, wherever we had parties, we always hung out in your bedroom. The only thing like with, with Lawrence, Baba Booey. Yeah. Well, that was funny because <laughs> we exciting. met Baba Booey and... Yeah. It was years and years and years ago, right? When he became kind of Baba Booey, and he always had this yeah, dental 90s. fixation. I was a dental student at the time. And I what do you mean he had a dental fixation? So I had, I'm joking, of course. <laughs> and like, you know, I, I introduced myself at the door. We hung out for a little bit. And like an hour into the party, we're in my bedroom, and he's looking at all these books. And he's like, does a dentist live here? I'm like, dude, I just told you. I'm a dental student. That's all these books. He's like, oh, I forgot. Maybe you could take a look at my choppers. <laughs> <laughs> but it is funny because, I, I, you know, I tell people on the podcast all the time that I used to have, you know, these parties, uh, I guess, through Steve Klein. Another friend of Lawrence's from college and yours. Uh, you weren't friendly with him in college, right? But I was in awe of him. Of, who wasn't? Because ridiculously was handsome. Yeah, and super cool. I mean, this is the guy, and I've, I've talked about him on this podcast before. This is the guy, and I've been, I've been planning on having him on the show. Uh, because, And he's like, why? And I'm like, why? Your <laughs> job was to take out Motley Crue and show them a good time. That's what people want to hear, dummy. Yeah, it was <laughs> but great. he does. But that's what makes him so cool. He doesn't even realize that's cool. He doesn't even understand how cool that is. No, do you was... know the pressure for you and me <laughs> if we had to do that? Like, we could do it, but we would have to prepare for weeks, and then we'd have to prepare it down. And he did that on a daily basis. He would do that on a Monday night. Then Tuesday, he would be like, can you take out Sheryl Crow and show her a good time? Whatever it was, the mix of bands or whatever, he that was his job. Yeah, and plus he looked so cool doing it. He was so cool it. looking. He once yeah, called he was... us from a limo. He was with Elton John and stuff, right. and, and they wanted like to meet up. And I'm looking at myself, and I'm like, I'm wearing Tom McCann writers. I'm not ready to meet up. <laughs> Is the queen going to be there? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable. Dude, I'm in a limo with Elton. He wants to talk to you. What? Why? I don't know. I was questioning that, too. <laughs> but it, was, it was great. Yeah, so this, I mean, this guy's unbelievable, and... So they also met, this is all at Muhlenberg College, which also is so funny because um, the guy that uh, got me out of jail when I had some issues in Lawrence King, remember, um, uh, the guy who lives in my building, he's a lawyer, also went to Muhlenberg, but he's 83. Wow. Yeah, so it was so funny because at his wedding, he was going around and telling everybody, like, uh, he got married to a 
36-year-old girl when he was like 74. He was like my hero, you know, obviously. They're still married. We just went out to Staten Island last week for dinner. It was because she's the DA in Brooklyn. So it's like a great couple for me. You know, like she's like, you shouldn't drink and drive. I'm like, no, this is the perfect time to drink and drive. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to stop me? Just show him your badge. <laughs> um, so she, so uh, he was going around the room at the wedding. And it, this is what I found is like once you turn 80 or whatever, when you get older, you whatever function you have, you take the mic and go to every table and talk about how you know them. It's really funny. I've seen it. My mother did it on her 80th birthday, which she I've never seen her do before. Grab a mic and just start talking. And this is the bridge group. You remember the bridge group, you know, whatever. And then she missed the Lermans. And then there was controversy. <laughs> right. She just hated my family and my friend Lawrence's family. They just did not get along. They were like the Seinfelds and the Costanzas and all over a bad tennis call in 1974. Was that the wedding where his motorized wheelchair knocked over the dais? <laughs> <laughs> and that is the funny thing, Dave. As we talked, you were on last year and um, two, two years, years ago, ago now, yeah. right? Um, Terrible. You are one of the funniest guys mm-hmm. I know. It's a fact. No matter, I know you down on yourself in that, in the sense you don't think you are, but you are. You're really genuinely funny. My sister would agree a hundred percent. But it's hard, Dave, you know, as your as and your, most as of my friends that meet you think you're. But great. as your listeners know, Dave, you hang around with the top. I know, it, but they think you're funny too. No, but like you, Attell likes no, you and matter. Jeff likes you, and like, I oh, can't your friend was speak fun. in front of either of them. Well, that is a problem. That's sometimes. the problem. Anytime you meet someone that's inc- you can't if you try to be funny, you're dead. Yeah, but, they, but they respect that too because you know not to be. For, you're naturally funny anyway, but you don't step it up in front of those guys, which is the smart thing to do, right? You don't want to try and top David Tell with comedy. I, I, my best line of the night was when I asked Ross if he wanted mayonnaise or mustard on his sub. <laughs> he didn't even bite. <laughs> what the hell are you saying? What are you saying? I'm fat? I just, no, you just ordered all these subs. Which I'm sure was that was great, it. though. And we went backstage with Ross and Attel. Yeah, the White House And sub. the first time I met Ross. Uh, that was the first time you met Jeff, him? Yeah. How's and that possible? He grabs me and he After says, listen. Because uh, it was catered by the White House, which didn't. They wasn't catered. Jeff oh, went out and got. Oh my god! <laughs> which is like an Atlantic City landmark for subs. Well, he was opening for steaks. John Panette. Oh no, I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> and just I remember Ross says, "Listen, Dave, I just met you. You're in charge of making sure I get a full meatball parm when this place is over." And I'm like, "Dude, I am so task oriented. Yeah, and you you're going to have the best sandwich. You were so good, and he respected that too. He told me about it when we were in Vegas. He goes, "Your friend was so nice to cut up all those sandwiches, nice, and he saved me the meatball parm. He totally re- he remembers that kind of stuff." That's the kind of kind of person he is. Like well, he's really good. Like and he you know, he meets friends for life. The Jews are into Nosh. <laughs> well that's for sure. Yeah, but who we can't they were <laughs> aging Jews. Well you know, that's that's the, the problem. sour cream and the bananas that's become also very the important. With Jeff is first of all, he doesn't care about his body at all, oh which my I'm God, fascinated no. by. He's a little chubby, he wears the tightest t shirts on I stage. know, and that's what I'm saying. You and I like I mean you you look much better than me, but um I'm always trying I'm trying to cover up you know, I don't want to look. I don't want to wear the tight T-shirts where I'm gonna look fat. I'm doing the best I can without losing weight. You know, without trying to lose weight, at least trying to look slimmer than I am just without a shirt on. But he doesn't give a shit at all. It's unbelievable. I never met anybody like that in my life. He just doesn't care, which is why he's interesting. I mean, yeah. he just doesn't give a shit. Um, and girls seem to like him. I've seen the girls he goes out with, and they're amazing. And I, you know, it's gotta send him the concept of layering. I think they just appreciate that he's himself, and he just, you know, what you see is what you get. And he just likes to have a good time. He doesn't like to be alone, though. I know that because I, 
you know, when it's like 5.30 in the morning, I'm like, so he's like, what do you want to do now? I'm like, what do you mean? we're 50 years old. It's time to go home. He's like, we can get something to eat. We just ate. We just came and walked out of the diner. Well, we can get dessert. We just had dessert at the diner. He just doesn't like to be alone. Right. When he was that, then when he was in AC that time, and then we saw him the next day carrying a pizza from a pizza box. <laughs> and I'm like, everything has been with food with Jeff. Yeah. And that's what happened, actually, when we were in Vegas, too. We, we ate like a huge steak dinner, I think. Did we that day? I don't remember. But then we also went out again after that, like, and he was taking home some croissants or something. For the, no, for the morning, for the morning. I'm like, yeah, we'll see if those last till morning. <laughs> but yeah, he is. He's he, and now he's got this new house where I'm going to be podcasting at. Like when I go back out, he's got this new podcasting room, and he's got this brand new house, which is just absolute party central, which is all he's ever wanted. They oh, just wow. throw parties out there. Like, every Sunday's a party for him, at least, if not just the regular weekday. That'll put on some calories. <laughs> yeah. It's, he's got this pool. He's got the thing where the, if you're doing the podcast, like, in, you know how we're in the cabana, the pool, you can see people swimming, like, up on top, you if you're looking up. Really? Yeah, when you go down the stairs, you can see people in the whole, like, in the, like a 70s porn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got <laughs> like that house. Have a mermaid. Yeah, he got, exactly. He's got that house. And he just has girls in the pool all the time just doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, friend, you know, he's very polite. He's not hard. Unfortunately, they're, so. they're, they're Zoftic middle-aged Jewish women. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're always they were the ridiculously bathing, hot. They and wear bathing suits with skirts over them. No, they are. Everybody's welcome. But yeah, these the girls he has over there are ridiculous. That's why I couldn't go last time. I was like you. I could not. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable just, going yeah. to a pool party. I'm sorry. Most people, like, would, but, most people would totally enjoy this, but I can't do it. I know, but it was so cool. So I'm like excited to podcast. But this is... So yeah, now today we're getting. Last time we were here was so hot. Yeah, we're getting a nice breeze off the it's, ocean. Yeah, like beautiful. this is perfect. I mean, it's really cool. So that's the thing. This cabana is so terrific, and you really take pride, as we talked about last time, I think, um, in decorating it. And last year when I was here, because I thought we were going to do a podcast, but then things got all out of whack. Um, I took pictures of the. All your pictures that you have on the ceilings above me, behind me, to the right, to the left, and I t- wrote them all down. This is last year's. Now this year, you 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 always make it a little bit different. I can see behind you, you've done a complete. I'm just working on the Grateful Dead here. This is my plan. <laughs> I know you, you know he, you're the biggest deadhead I know, and you have now you got the two cloth. Jerry, uh, the Grateful Dead logo. Steal your face, before, Is yeah. that what they're called? Yeah, and then you have the concert. Is that a cloth thing too? Yeah, concert posters Poster. from the 60s through the 90s. Yeah, so you've Including foregone some Glenn, of the uh, pictures. And then now you've given your wife a, a, a little area to put a couple of photos, which Small is very section, nice of yeah. you. <laughs> because all of my sections have a theme now. That's, yes. That's oh, the, they have a theme? That's the difference this year. Oh. I don't know if you could tell the theme, but... Well, I... Okay, well... Rock we'll stars about, is let behind me, you. I'm going to... Because you have a lot of the pictures from last right. year. I'm going to go over last year's, and I have them frame by frame, <laughs> if the walls go by frame by frame, <laughs> okay. even though you're saying there was no theme last year. I'm just saying, because it's really fun when you come in here, It the best part about... And it's the best cabana on the beach... Everybody likes to come in because it's decorated great. He's got the Christmas lights up. He's got he had a margarita maker, which he still has. But we just made a current coffee, which by the way is really good. It's working. I'm, yeah, I'm all coffeed up. So because I was asking you, this is the Starbucks Plus because I cannot find one to replace this jet fuel that I used to use <laughs> on Wednesdays when, before the cleaning lady came, so I could really get going, you know, to make sure she doesn't think I live like a slob. Um, but uh, yeah, so I need <laughs> once in a while I need the extra caffeinated coffee. 
and you know, being hungover, whatever it's going to be, this is the perfect. This is going to work, I think. You know, the other day though, I saw someone's cabana that was the the, the polar opposite of this one. It was mature. It had a futon. It had a big mirror and a big refrigerator. It was simple, and it was so serene. And I, and then the, that guy came into ours. He's like kind of electric in here. It kind of shows so much energy. And I'm like, can I relax in yours though? It's a it's a right. It, I guess it's the reflection of the individual who has the. Yeah. I remember when we first met Scott, and his was like the <laughs> wood was like a driftwood yeah. bar that he made out of actual. It looks wood. like it's it, from Guatemala. The whole thing is from Guatemala. Did know? he? Decorated differently this year? More sand. Oh, more sand? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. You just right? give up on trying to sweep the sand out. Oh, so that's... Scott just said, you know what? I'm going to put sand on the floor. <laughs> that's, just, that's actually quite brilliant, kind of really. Because I always get nervous tracking <laughs> sand in here. You know, <laughs> every morning you got to sweep, you know, you sweep the well, you Your command is right near the shower, so you, it's easy yeah. to, you know, kind of wash off. But still, you know, you're always going to get full of sand. But it's, it's so cool. I'm just looking out. It's so awesome yeah you know it, it really yeah. is and it, but you're friendly with a lot of the people here but i love this cabana because you really just can sit here and look at a lot of the pictures so last year the frame one and i think you probably still have a bunch of these you'll tell me if you still have it or if you got rid of it the first one on frame one and i don't remember whether this side or this side um christopher walken in the napoleon outfit which i finally realized is from george magazine is that where all those pictures you have of people in the napoleon Kind of outfits, right? Right there, it is. Yeah, you moved it. No, you moved it's it. so, it's some artist that. Oh, it's not. I thought it was the cover of George magazine. because no, you see Bill Murray in the. Yeah, no, no, I got that too. Yeah, there's yeah. some artist online that I like that takes celebrities. Yeah, and, you also have uh, Dylan as well, and Dylan and Robert Downey Jr. and Frank Zappa. Okay, it's an interesting mix he goes. So whatever he does, I tend to buy him, and they look. Why didn't you put those together? Why are they separated? What happened to your theme? That that was Listen, too, you son of a that was too obvious, Dave. <laughs> I try to do you know, I mean, if if you're going to acknowledge that I do put thought into this, because this is my only real creative outlet in I my know, entire life. I know, and your wife being lets a, you go. That's why dentist. I can't believe you so, let her. Um, uh, you let her have a wall. Well, because because <laughs> it is like, you know, when I was in high school, seventy six to eighty, Hazlitt, Shh, New Jersey. Don't tell anybody our age. You know, my friends, <laughs> my friend had like um like a storage room where we hung out and got high and everything, and what. And it had, you know, that this is literally a recreation of that from 1976. Oh, I wanted that because his parents were never home. We had a tree stump for a table. We used to write stuff. It was some of the happiest days of our lives. It had pictures of the Gar- It had pictures of the dead. It had pictures of everything that was happening. This is like just like that. But I'm 55 years old now. You know, yeah. like it's. I got my 165 gram frisbee and I'm ready to go. But that's the best part about being 55, which is I was with yeah, some you don't girl the other night, anymore. right? And she's like, "Did we order too much food?" I'm like. Well, see, that's the beauty about being an adult. We'll leave it over. <laughs> yes. She goes, well, I, I feel bad about that. Yeah, don't feel bad. I work pretty hard. I uh, I make money, too. Uh, I, I work hard every day. I work. I have a regular job. If I leave food over, go fuck yourself. You know, Whatever. I mean, I know there's starving people. We can give it to the homeless person, but I'm going to order what I want. When we were in Atlantic City, Jeff's cousin or whatever that guy is with the, you know, he's got the, the walker or something. Yeah. He was complaining. <laughs> we were ordering. You're, Stop it. You're ordering too much food. I'm like, that's what we do, dummy. You just relax. You're not paying for it. Relax. But there are people that just really get out of hand about it. And I get it. It's wasteful. But um, obviously, he at the end, he goes, huh, we went through everything. And I'm like, yeah, you didn't think that was going to happen with Yamanique, Jeff, <laughs> me, and Dave. But, Although Dave Attell looks great. He's been working out, and he looks terrific. When does he not? Um, uh, <laughs> but also, it's, it's also a cultural thing, too. I think Jews just over-order everything. Yeah, no, it's, that's true, too. That's true, too. But you, in 75, 76, when you were at that place... You looked. I mean, we were just talking on your. You looked 
like goddamn James Spader. It's amazing. This guy, I mean, he's still really handsome. I'm just describing uh, Dave for you, but he, he's very handsome. But he really had the blonde Spader-ish thing going. Yeah. Step away from Virginia. You're a slut, aren't you, man? Nightmare. We got guests. <laughs> I know you. You're in my calculus class. Jim. Jim. Your, your name's Jim. Jim. Oh, you, you are worthless, aren't you? <laughs> you and your friends gave me a lot of shit the other day. Everybody gives you shit. Take it easy, Benny, huh? Hey, this is Steph's party, Blaine. Don't tell me what to do. Steph? Oh, I mean, God. you shouldn't be allowed to invite just anybody. Steph? She's gonna ruin my night. Shut up, Benny. You're a faggot, uh, Blaine. Okay, listen, Benny. <laughs> listen, why don't we... Why, why don't we Where are you just, going? Let's just leave them in the room, why? okay? And, and you will get you something to eat, all right? Bright oh, that's what I want. No, it's pretty and pink. Oh. It's just, uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's funny. That's But his, one of his best monologues was in uh, Sex, Lies, and Video. Was oh. it Sex, with, with the Keys? Oh, yeah. You know, I got one key. and You know, I only have one key. In my life, because of that movie. All right. I don't, you know, if I if I get a job that's two keys, I I carry one key. It's a Superman key for my door at home, and that's it. Because I have like a a doorman and everything. I don't. I only need that one key. And quite frankly, I could probably leave my door open <laughs> where I don't need any keys. And uh, it's you know, I don't have a car. I mean, I have a car. Then I have to carry two keys. But uh, you know, there's and and my car key is separate. It's by itself. Like also, so I just I never have a key ring. I have one key because you know I'm just one key. Yeah, um, so do, do you, Graham, do you pay taxes? <laughs> yeah, Spader was, you know, he was. He's still great. He's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, he's still great. Actress. Yeah, but that, and the Pretty Pink when I say with that scene, it's funny because that's what, he was the best '80s villain of all time because he was so you see he was a good actor because in that movie, even though he's the villain and kind of a horrible individual. He still is friends to. You could see why they're friends in that scene. Because all right, all right, you know what? Let's give them the room. Relax. Like he's still. Who was the other male voice in that? Was that Andrew McCarthy? Yeah, Andrew McCarthy. Wow, you're a guys, faggot plane. I use that all the time, and nobody knows what it is. You're not allowed to say the word faggot anymore or retard. Well, I the just kids say, hate it. I just say retard. Um, but those, a lot of that cast was also in Bright Lights, Big City, or was that was that was that just McCall? that was Downey Jr. and yeah. Spader mostly. Uh, uh, I think McCarthy that was wasn't it. In that. Was he in that? No, not Bright Lights, Big City. Uh, you're thinking of Less Than Zero. Yes, Less Than Zero. Um, yeah, you know movie. what? That was... Maybe he was in that, Andrew McCarthy. I can't remember. That's a good one. I don't... I never... I remember because um, at that time, Where's Robert Downey Jr.'s sister was my manager. And uh, she, when that came out, she was like, oh, my brother's doing great. And then she turned out to be just a major cokehead. Who's Gilbert's um, co-host? Um, Frank Centropadri. He would know. Oh, he would know. He would know. Right. He's, that guy's he's a amazing. goddamn genius. Yeah, Frank, yeah. hats off to you. You're the best. He knows. I tell him all the time, and I tell him how angry I am that he couldn't be my co-host oh, because that would be. He is the greatest second. He's the greatest co-host. He on makes podcast Gilbert's history. show. Yeah. Gilbert could not do a show by himself. 
Yep. Gil. He needs, because he produces as well. And the way he calls him Gil. 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 Yeah, it's so funny. And the way when it does. speaking voice alone is amazing. And whenever there's a lull, he'll be like, hey, Gil, why don't you remind him of the time that you and and Gil would be like, oh, yes. He's the best co-host that there could ever be in the history. It's the exact opposite of somebody like Ed McMahon. (laughs) You know. know, Yes. Yes. Oh, great one. (laughs) Um, It's so, yeah. And just the way he. Knows he goes. Don't you remember Gil in 1920? He was in the uh, the Invisible Man with Claude Rains or whatever, whatever. You know, yeah. he, he knows that shit, and he knows the updated stuff. Yeah. Like, and it always know, starts like, a whole new tree of. Oh yeah, and by the way, did you know that the sound man for that was? Yeah, the, they're just a. It's a. That's a. It's because a probably when they adju- interview somebody like Barbara Feldon. Uh, you know, they're like, you know, she's like, oh, this is going to suck. They're only going to talk about Get Smart. And he goes, well, I remember when in 1945, you also did a movie with uh, Don. Uh, she, oh, how could you remember that? You know, like, then they get impressed. They're like, Plus who they is get this these funny? great obscure character actors from the 70s. Yeah, yeah it's terrific. And you say, wow, they were in 15 Well, they're, they're running knew. out of yeah. <laughs> people. Goes, uh, most, of the, most of their first season is already dead. So, like, I remember listening to the Ken Berry one. And... and you found out stuff about Ken Berry, you know, who was in Mayberry RFD and F Troop, and you found out that Spock was his lieutenant in the army, you know, Leonard Nimoy yeah. or something. I mean, that was pretty fascinating. Also, what my favorite was the first season. They I didn't even know he was still alive. Not not Marty. Who was the the, um, the comedian Marty Feldman? But it wasn't the one with the eyes. Um, are you talking about Ross and Martin, like the Rossi yeah. and yes. yeah, 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 that guy, Alan and Rossi? I can't remember either. Right, yeah, I know like you're talking Ju- about the Jew for Yeah, yeah, it was one of the best. Marty Engel? Marty no, no, no. That's Shirley Jones's. It's definitely uh, Marty something. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about because they were big in the... Marty Feldman. But that's... yeah, I know it's definitely yeah. not Marty Feldman. But they were a comedy team. He was yeah. part of a team, and they would do, huh? Yeah, huh? Yeah. Oh, huh? yeah, yeah. That was like their bit, like whatever. Mm. But yeah, it's. Uh... It's a really um, Sorry, entertaining podcast. Frank's great. Then you had um, a mad, it's a mad, 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 mad world post. You still have that up, or you took that down? It wasn't showing well. <laughs> I try to look. I try to look at these like Scorsese would look at. You know, at, at the dailies. I never it, liked. It didn't that. show well. People always they didn't. They, didn't get, they looked at it. They didn't get. They're like it. why? Why? Yeah, it, it's and the I never cared movie for that. Ever. See, I didn't care for that movie. Are you fucked? I only the like big the, W. Um, no, I didn't. Jonathan care for Winters alone. I never liked Jonathan, Jonathan Winters. Winters. I never found him funny but in ever. That character. Nope. The big W. It was only one person I like, and it's this guy. And this is a depiction of him on The Simpsons, which is even better. What's the matter with you, kid? You told me the stream was shallow. Why are you? <laughs> 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 oh, you. Oh my God, Phil Silvers! Yeah, well, it's not Phil; it's a guy imitating him, which is even but better. Cause, does anybody do a Phil Silvers in the meeting? Because <laughs> I remember that's how me and Tell met. One of the few we always talk about, like some of the imitations that made us friends, and he would do a Phil Silvers. He goes, "Men," like that was just the he did the one line, and it was funny. Like, Men. but Dave. Phil Silvers, Jonathan Winters, Dick Sean, Buddy Hackett. I like Dick Sean. I it's never liked any of those. Buddy other Hackett in that. Um, he was okay, but I hated Jonathan Winters. I never understood. Uh, what a Robin Sid Williams Caesar? was just like, oh, I couldn't stand and the that woman. Guy. Well, well, Sid Caesar's a bag of shit to but me. But Dave, in that movie, that it came together perfectly. Not for me. I found it dull and boring every the time, fuck and way is too wrong long. With you? Who directed that? Do you know? How the fuck would I know? Who I'm directed? just curious. I thought it was somebody like big that just did a comedy, like Spielberg doing 1941. Or was that 1942? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can tell. That's the way I picture it. I mean, that movie w- was fun for me as a kid, 1940, but it's a horrible movie. It doesn't hold up or anything. 
it's it's still I think it's a great movie. Nineteen forty one. You like it? Yeah, of course I like it. I like because you like it's a mad, comedy. mad, mad, mad world. You it's like a great those kind comedy. of uh, it's a you know, phenom- it's a, just, celebrity filled. But I also used to love comedy. all those around the world in eighty days movies. Oh, see, I hated all and of all those, those you know, the race across the country with the British guy with the space between his teeth, Terry. I don't know Terry. He was a British actor. Anyone listening would know Gilliam. I mean, no, for Monty he, Python. Back in the no, back in this in the seventies. He was in all those, you know, race across the country with with all. It was great. I don't know. I hated all of those movies. I never liked any of that and stuff. I, I don't know why. What What, what was the know. first early comedies that you could recall that you loved? Uh, well, that's the. Th- I talk about this all the time, and I really feel like there just wasn't any. Were you good an Abbott and Costello movies. fan? Not really. Oh, they were great. I mean, they were okay. I just didn't. They didn't shape me to want to do comedy. I didn't. The first movie I saw. In the movie theater, that was the funniest movie I had ever seen. Was High Anxiety? What? Yeah, that was you're the, not serious. No, I'm totally serious. That's such a sophisticated comedy, though. It's not like a slapstick, fun young comedy. For me, Although I'd never with, seen a Mel Brooks the thing movie. With the cuffs was amazing. Uh, well, of course, right later. Later, I appreciate that. But the opening scene uh, has it on the plane, and it has the shots, and it's the music, and it's just everybody looking out the window, and they pan. And then he's terrified yes. out the window. Yeah. And if you're a little boy, that's the funniest thing you've ever seen. And you know the movie's going to be amazing after that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know just, what shaped me a little bit? I like think 13. This is also a cultural so thing. So I wasn't a little, little boy. Growing up in the 70s, nuclear family, middle class Jewish family. When you watched Carson with your parents and Don Rickles was on, like to me, I never saw my parents laugh that loud. La- how did you watch Carson control. with your parents? My parents were never up that late. I never watched Carson oh, with Oh, that was parents. a staple in our house. No, see, Lawrence had that too. My parents, first of all, never stayed up that late ever. And we never watched anything together. But seeing, ever. I have seeing, no good memories of seeing that. Don for Rickles. Sure. My dad wouldn't let us watch TV because we had too many questions. No. It, that was that's when I realized the, how much I loved stand up comedy was Don Rickles. He was he was amazing. yeah. I mean, um, and Buddy Hackett too. I, I got Hackett to see him great. on stuff later. I never got to see it growing up. Um, my dad wouldn't let me really do anything. I just. Uh, there was no influence there, you know. Like he just, I just liked the Brady Bunch and stuff that was made for kids. Hazel, I hated Hazel. That's why I always say it sucked growing up when we did because there was no, nothing good. Family Affair, Hazel. This, uh, the That's in-laws. all we had. It was fucking horrible. It wasn't horrible. It was I, awesome. I hated it. It was, it was common. Just, I was only watching it because it, it was very on. secure. Yeah, I, I hated it. Laughing was awesome. It. I hated that too. What it the never fuck made is me laugh. Wrong with I you? liked Carol Burnett and Mary Tyler Moore. Love American style. If you look closer, you could see Bush. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did not hate that. And you then know. you know, then it got. Then when they started to do the the love cruises, love then, boat and yeah, stuff. Yeah, see, I like that. Oh God, we're so different. Yeah, I guess. I just, I just, I, just, I always say there was like no good movies. Made, like I get jealous of people born now because their old oh. movies are like Back to the Future and stuff like that and Star Wars Dude. and we had nothing before we, before we were born movies sucked no they didn't they were awesome I see I disagree 100% the Marx Brothers oh I fucking well I get into them. it now but as a kid I didn't find it funny at all it was slow and boring oh the- now it's those lines are amazing in fact there's probably not a day that goes by like I'm like boy that's quite a check you know when you get the check like <laughs> if I were you I wouldn't pay it you know? <laughs> yeah uh, you know, that's why I say you, the, one of the other things you had, Klaus Kinski Fitzcarraldo movie poster. You have it behind me. Yeah, I, I, you love Werner Herzog. I, Werner. Werner Herzog. I didn't know who Werner that Herzog, was. Yeah. I mean, this. I don't know why you would like this movie. Fitzcarraldo. <laughs> Klaus Kinski and Claudia Cardinale. Oh. 
Who's watching DMC that? What's the matter with you? Erleben Sie die Geschichte eines besessenen Träumers, der mitten im tiefsten Urwald des Amazonas von Caruso und großer Oper träumt und dafür das Unmögliche wagt. Oh, I remember that scene. Oh, I thought they were going to say, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. <laughs> I of, then I was like, oh, now I see why he likes it. I don't understand how you can like a movie. First of all, isn't it, it's German, so it just sounds like the Nazis are coming to get you. It is German, right? Yeah, that's the, the original version. Is that version not is afraid of you? Like you're not afraid? Was that in the 60s? No, 70s. Oh, it was well, the 70s? Well, I'll tell you why. And again, thank you, Lawrence Lerman. The, yep. the time we spent living together in Manhattan was just eye-opening with all the you know, his friends that were artists and all he of you guys. He took us on to a lot of stuff. And you too, listen, you're, you were part of it. And all the, all the people that would come over my our apartment that were artistic and creative. I, I really never saw that side of life before. And one of the guys was an eccentric, older, former Jeopardy, former Jeopardy uh, champion, Who's, David. Who? David Leopold. Oh. And, and <laughs> an opera Leopold. buff and everything. And we spent an evening watching Fitzcarraldo, and he explained to me why it was so amazing, Dave. Basically, it's a story of the robber barons in back in, in South America, and they have to access rubber trees, but they can't um, get to one part of the mountain because the river is inaccessible. But if they can get a boat in there, they would make millions. So they try to move a boat over the mountains, and... The reason the movie is amazing, as Leopold told me, is because Klaus Werner Herzog, the director, would only do it if he could really move a boat over the mountain. So people died during the making. Oh, shit. They had the, the natives oh, were exploited. Cool. <laughs> you know, the, it, everything went over budget. There was massive infections and stuff. And all, at least up until that point, a couple more of his movies, that was what he was known for. He would never... Every kind of action was real. It had to be really done. You know what's weird is I'd never heard of that guy in my life until you and Lawrence mentioned it. And the funny thing is about a month ago, this girl, my friend Jessica Pilot, uh, who books the Stephen Colbert show, was like, hey, do you know I can get in touch with Werner Herzog? And I'm like, did somebody tell you to tell me that? And she's like, no, no, I really need to talk to him. Said, For what? She says, it doesn't matter. Do you know how I can get in touch with him? And I said, actually, I know a guy that might have his email address. <laughs> Plus, Klaus Kinski, who's an insanely under, you know, I mean, people mostly have forgotten him, have they? I, I didn't guess? even, I've never heard of him in my life until I saw that picture on your wall, and I didn't know who it was. I thought it was from something else. I actually thought it was a racer head. Oh, right. Yeah, he's got that crazy hair. Yeah. Well, Nastasia Kinski's dad was a great. Oh, is that who yeah. that is? Oh, God, yeah. I just watched Cat People the other She's night. She's gorgeous She's in that. So is pretty, she? Yeah. Oh, remember that famous poster with her with the snake? <laughs> in the 70s, it was, she was laying horizontally. It was a snake over her. No. She was gorgeous. Anyway, that movie is really weird because she, her brother, Malcolm McDowell, is trying to have sex with her. He's like, no, the only way we can break this curse is if I have sex with my sister. Is there a problem? No, no problem oh. at all. It's very, it's kind of hot, but it's just when you tell when you tell girls that they don't care for that. Well, it plays. <laughs> I well. can't believe that. And was plus a movie. the theme, the, the the theme by David, David Bowie, Bowie. Oh, that was great. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Putting it on fire with gasoline. Um, but her dad, Klaus, is in Fitzgerald. Oh, I didn't and realize her, that. Klaus and Werner Herzog have a total love hate relationship, often really bordering on on manic hatred. They hated each other. Oh. And the natives at one point real while they were filming Fitzgeraldo in the in the Amazon, the natives came up to Werner Herzog and said, Listen, we, we know how much you hate this man. We can kill him for you. <laughs> and he goes, you know, let's wait till filming, then I'll make my decision. Oh wow. <laughs> it's like um there's so many stories like that, like <laughs> Bill Murray and Harold Ramos oh, yeah. and stuff like that. It's kind of funny that they know one can't live without the other. 
which is kind of symbiotic relationship, would you call that? But if people are interested, I mean, Her- Herzog's body of work with Kinski, Rasputin, uh, Aguiera, Wrath of the Gods, those are all movies you know through Lawrence, and they're great. Yeah, great, I've, ne- I've never great seen them, obviously, but movies. I've, I've just heard of them through that. And eccentric and crazy, manic performances. On the um, on the going back to the the wall again, then you you also have pictures of you and your friends as young boys, uh, you know, or whatever. You have some family photos and then some stuff, and then they, so you have Abigail Breslin, a Little Miss Sunshine. Why? Alan Arkin. Oh, so it's an Alan Arkin themed, <laughs> because I know you have also the in laws. You have the in laws as well. Serpentine shell, serpentine. Why did you choose Abigail Breslin for, as the picture instead of just to represent the movie as a whole? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, no, that was, was, is she still up here? No, took her no, down. It, it, she's, she's yeah, through. She's pe- through. People, you know, people didn't respond to that one either. <laughs> I, uh, I like I, 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 I and I know you're serious about it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when people come in, I mean, that's right. You're decorating so people can comment right. on it. Right. For some reason, people always point to my camp pictures from the '70s. That plays well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Garcia, you know, the Garcia. I have a whole Garcia retrospect as he ages, but. Um, but the Abigail, yeah, Little Miss Sunshine didn't do, and that's it's. I think it's a great movie. I think Steve Carell was great in it. I didn't see it. What? Yeah, I know. Dave, I don't what see are you a lot of stuff. For? I don't know. It just seems stupid. It's such a great know. movie. <laughs> I never liked Alan Arkin either. I'm you, sorry. I know you're going to be but angry. In, in Lost, which I know is one I never of Sarah's favorite movies. I never saw it. I think I was one of Sarah's favorite movies. I know when we lived in the city, she, she went and played it for everybody. So it oh, perfect. it just looked really boring to me. Peter Falk is great. Dave, real. I know. I got to watch that one. What is wrong with you, man? This happened. I had. You know, Jono. That guy, uh, John O. Abrams, he's friends with Steve Klein and uh, Lawrence no. and stuff, and we used to know him back in the day. Oh, I had Abrams. podcast. Because he worked with uh, John Hughes for years. He was his assistant, so he was on, and he you know, worked on uh, planes, chains, and automobiles and stuff like that, so it was cool. And he was telling me these movies in the 50s, which I had never heard of, and a lot of people on Twitter were like, what What are you, a fucking retail? Like, they were so <laughs> yeah. angry that I hadn't seen Dave, the movie like you are right now. But you're such a movie, you know, freak and, and I'm a movie, cultural. Uh, TV lack of a better word, movie fact, because, you know, I like Clueless and Devil Wears Prada. You know? <laughs> like, I mean, I got a problem. But, I mean, I, I don't really like the classics. It's weird, besides The Godfather and stuff like that. I don't really have a good movie history, you know, like uh, background, you know. I'm trying to remember. It when, is kind of weird because I know people think of me as like, a, oh, he knows a lot of movies, but when we not first those met, kinds. there was not like, intelligent. When I first ones. met you, th- whatever, thirty years ago, there was a movie that you liked, which was also like a girly movie. I can't remember. What it, was. <laughs> it was one of those like type of Alicia Silverstone movies, but well, Clueless. Was it Clueless? It was, well, that was, was a '94. So. There was something before Clueless that you liked a lot. That was uh, really, really soft, like. Um, is it um, she's out of his league? Yes. Or, uh, no, no, that yeah. was. I'm just kidding. Oh. That's in 2000. But oh, okay. I, I do yes. like those kind of movies. I like. Was it Freaky Friday? No, it, was like <laughs> a, it was like a sucker guy that loves this girl that he can't ever get. And uh, stuff. Can't buy me love. Uh, <laughs> well, I do like those movies. You know, I remember like, when we, I like movies with hot girls in them. When you did the even Artie, though it sounds like when I say them they're gay, but when you I'm actually the, watching it for the girls. If anybody, the Artie Show when we first walked into his studio it was a big poster of, a, of, of Notting Hill. Yes. Yeah, they made fun of me <laughs> yeah. for a long time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, but I've told everybody on this, but the thing about Notting Hill is it's a really good script, and I'm fascinated. If you ever want to get into screenwriting, the way he flushes out supporting characters is what fascinated me. The support I've never seen a comedy where the supporting characters are so defined. Now, usually the supporting characters are like, you have the best friend who's like, buddy, you got to forget about her, you know, or the evil best friend, girlfriend, or that he likes somebody else. These... All the characters were so flushed out, I was just very impressed by that. Mad, mad world. When you can take away from the biggest star on the planet, which would be Julia Roberts at that time, and you and you focus on other characters, 
<clears throat> and not just one. It's very impressive. Uh, but what about a madman? Yeah, and meanwhile, I didn't like that. But that's the biggest but cast of not, characters. Yeah, I guess you're right. They are all flesh, but they're not all supporting. They're all in. It's an ensemble piece. Yeah, this, these were definitely supporting characters. But each one, the the guy that worked in the bookstore, his sister, the sister's be- you know his best friend, his ex wife, they're all completely flushed out with backstories. I don't see a lot of movies like the comedies like that. Also, that's getting back to our, when we were saying about growing up in comedies. Two also other comedies that were hugely influential on me. Oh, because, Bad News Bears? No. Shit. Because <laughs> they were so different. was definitely Monty Python and Second City. Did you not find those amazing? Oh, wait. Monty Python I didn't care for at all. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, so I, I remember in eighth grade realizing how unbelievably creative those spits, those skits were. SCTV is my Bible. Yeah. That's the one that did it for me where Martin Short, I went John to the Candy, next level. Eugene that was Martin Short wasn't even at the beginning. You know, he was later on. Um, but yeah, John Candy and you and Joe Flaherty Joe and Flaherty. Eugene Levy, Catherine Ryan, the, the two women that were as funny as Carol Burnett, you know, like I mean, it it, it was amazing. And uh, now they're all getting their due. In fact, I don't know if you heard Martin Scorsese's doing a documentary. On SCTV. Oh, I can't wait for that, Netflix. I think. I, I, I don't think you know. I don't think kids, the young, younger people today, don't. They don't understand, clue. and it doesn't How hold up. It, it doesn't. I mean, for me, it does. Yeah, but I don't. It's slow. It's a little slow. Who's the boss in the wheelchair? Joe Flaherty, that was, uh, Guy Caballero. Guy Caballero, yeah. yeah. That was that. Oh, those running. Who was the bits. best? That he had the running bit. He was the head of the network in the wheelchair, and then one day he just got up and he goes, <laughs> "You know why I use that? Respect." I mean, but that, his portrayal of anger was awesome. It was unbelievable. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is the one I play for my niece all the time, which she loves. I'm flying. This is the SCTV version of Peter Pan with John Candy playing Divine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And he's flying, and they can't hold. You see the guys holding the ropes while he's flying. Was this all pre-Saturday Night Live? Boy who wouldn't grow up. No, it's what it 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 was during Saturday Night Live. It was like Saturday Night Live was first. Seventy-seven. So seventy-five Saturday Night Live came out. So this came out because the reason I remember the timeline is because my friend Rich Duffy, when I was in eighth grade, so that must have been about seventy-seven, said there's a better show than Saturday Night Live, and I'm like. You, sir, are an asshole. That is heresy. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. It was on 11 o'clock on Saturday nights on Channel 9, so it was before uh, Saturday Night Live. And I watched it. I'm like, this show's fucking brilliant. And then, clearly, people must have realized it like me, and then they put it to Channel 4 after Saturday Night Live at 1 in the morning, and then they bought it to Friday nights at 12.30 and expanded it to 90 minutes, which they even made fun of, and that's what made the show so good. They were always making fun of the networks and everything, yeah. and they made yeah. fun of the fact that they were 90 minutes by taking that stupid Bob and Doug characters, which were the least favorite characters, even though that's they were true. beloved. Yeah. Um, and they expanded their show inside the show, you know what I mean, to depict how stupid it is to expand a little show to 90 minutes and made Bob and Doug, they poofed their hair. Remember, they had like a band and everything and stuff. It was I forget so brilliant. The Bob and Doug, who were the, who were the actors? Was it uh, d- uh, the brilliant, uh, uh, which I was going to play next, um, Dave Thomas oh, yes. and Rick Moranis. But wait, listen oh, to uh, Moranis, Martin too. Short playing Captain Hook. Wait, it comes up uh, next. This is my favorite thing, and I do this line all the time. Wait, not this part. Wait, I don't want to forward it until we miss it. You will be captured by pirates, headed by the villainous Captain Hook, as portrayed by film director David Steinberg. <laughs> Tie them to the mask and show them no mercy. He's amazing. Who's done the music? 
<laughs> He's doing David Steinberg. <laughs> Why? It's <laughs> in Canada. <laughs> That's obviously. Wait, here comes my favorite line. You'll be sorry, Captain Hook. Peter Pan will save us. Ooh, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. I'm tired of hearing about Peter Pan. Not only do I resent his ability to fly, but to me, John, I find his mirthful timelessness utterly obnoxious. That's my favorite part. He calls the kid John. <laughs> he calls the kid That's my favorite part. But to me, John, and I do that for my niece who doesn't laugh at anything. She thinks that's the greatest thing because why does he call out John? In no Peter Pan version that's ever been does Captain Hook know who John is. Wendy, Wendy, you know Wendy. Nobody knows Wendy, Michael, you know the kids' names, but nobody, Captain Hook goes, but to me, John. (laughs) That's what is the funniest part of that goddamn sketch. And that's got to be just him. Yeah. This is the idea. And then he does a monologue off the ship <laughs> as David Steinberg being a comic. And it's just, it, you know, who's going to get that? No no kid is going to get First of all, they're never going to know who David Steinberg is. Plus, I ran into David Steinberg on the street by my house the other day, uh, about a month ago. It was so exciting because um, I had met him through another friend. Uh, and I was like, hey, what's up? And I want to tell him about this sketch. But then I was like, it's too crazy. But. Uh- isn't that isn't that terrific? I mean, it, yeah, more. It's a, so. How about this? If you think, I mean, I my people that listen to me, if I can, they, I'm all they know. I'm all over this. I can't stop myself. This is the most brilliant thing I've ever done, and I it, it's eight minutes long. I'm not playing the whole thing. This is so genius. This is Dave Thomas as Bob Hope, who does the best Bob Hope ever yeah. in the history of planets. But again, what kids can? Who is even Bob Hope? Um, well, at the time, everybody knew, though. Yeah, no, no, at the time, right. everybody knew this guy was... But you don't even realize how genius is, especially when you're hearing it and not seeing it. And Martin Short's playing Brock Linehan, and he's interviewing Dave Thomas as Bob Hope for eight minutes. The, just, it's like a, it's like you can't even conceive. I always say, like, Saturday Night Live would never be able to pull this off. For eight minutes, he's interviewing a guy playing another... A guy playing a character is interviewing another guy playing a character... But it's like real. Yeah. So listen to this. I mean, I'm just going to skip to. Take a look at a horror movie like Psycho 2, and it gets big laughs in wow, the theater. I was there. Like, I was in amazing. the valley watching that, and I saw Tony wow, Perkins just send them into the aisles in ways that I wish I could, you know. I mean, when he opened that drawer and looked at that knife, they were just like, you had to pick them up off the floor with spatulas. They loved that. But uh, so I don't know. I, I think I'd do horrors if I was doing comedy today. Funny horror movies. Yeah. Who might you use as the current crop of fellow comedians? What, do you mean those National Lampoon kids? Whoever. <laughs> no, I don't A think. Madeline Kahn, perhaps. Can you imagine? Kahn and Hope. It could be intriguing. Now, she's more Mel Brooks, you know. She's not really... I, I don't really swing with her, you know. I, I, she's into that kind of a... kind of a Mel Brooks zaniness that I never related to. You know, he does some stuff that... I really don't understand. You know, he did a movie, silent movie, where he didn't talk in the whole movie. How can anybody do that these days? Would you like to tell us a little bit about your next special? I'm sure you want to promote something. You rarely appear on a show without a reason of your own. Jeez, you're unreasonably bitter. No, I don't have I don't have anything to promote right now, you know. I'm just kind of is it, is, yeah. it's not even what are they doing? Yeah. But it's so he's just laying back, he's just talking there's no com I mean it's funny in so many different ways. The way he's saying what he's saying, he's yelling at him, he's like being insulting, and it's just, what? Who's going to get that? 
It's isn't it brilliant? It's brilliant. He's just sitting there and he's talking crazy. Like, like what would you do if you directed a film? Well, I don't, you know, I, I think I'd do a comedy. Like, it, it's funny what he's saying, but he's not saying it in a funny way. But the way he goes up and down when he's explained when he does Bob Hope on talk shows before. It's so great. He goes, well, it's funny about Bob Hope when he's talking about dignitaries. He's like talking real slow. He's like, well, you know, Ronald Reagan. Uh, and then when he talks about a girl, he goes, and Brooke Shields. <laughs> you can hear him yes. doing it. I'm, I'm, as you'd say, between gigs. Vietnam. A uh, war. Let's, let's leave this area alone. Come on. A war that many regret, Mr. Hope. Yeah, I guess they do. Do you? Do you not feel that the alienation of the youth that took place during that war for you has been a youth market you were never able to recapture and therefore led to you retiring from films in 72 with the exception of the Frank Oz participation? <laughs> you know, you could you have a way of asking a question that makes you forget what it's all about by the time you get to the end. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it fucking unbelievable? You, I mean, it's like amazing, right? So that's, they're doing, a, yeah. Martin Scorsese is doing a documentary on these people Good. because it needs to be done. And that is the comedy that I like. I think people may have forgotten how great Martin Short is, you know, they, with his They voices. don't because he's still, well, that's something too, but they he's still completely relevant and around and I know, but doing more stuff you and you realize to... how funny he is when you see him do anything but yeah you forget no, what a good impressionist um, he was the guy that does Mo again I forget his name for a second Mo? the guy that does Mo on the Simpsons you know um... oh Hank Azaria yeah. I think Hank Azaria kind of took Harry Shearer's I mean uh, it took um, Martin Short Martin Short's like thunder kind of like and then ran with it because you know I feel like but I'm, Hank Azaria is like... still not a star like, I mean, he would like to be, I yeah, think. Yeah, but he's but a great voice guy. He's an amazing I mean, voice guy. But now, you know, he's getting all that slack because he does Apu. Like, because, you know, sorry, 20 years yeah. ago, it was okay to be like, oh, no, but, 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 and now they're all so goddamn angry. Are you people fucking kidding? Like, he doesn't talk like that? Like, you've never met an Indian person that talks like that? Right. What the fuck is the matter with people? You can't watch, you know, we're watching 16 Candles now. Everybody's rooting because of Long Duck Dong. They're so angry. I like the way neat fit in pie. We look at the, like, you know, it's quiche. Yeah, I, I recently saw Simpsons. Grandma I hadn't, I hadn't and seen. Grandpa. Did you ever see The Simpsons when the men, it starts out with the Mensa Club meeting? It's the best one uh, ever. I don't remember. <laughs> it starts out that way? Yeah, they're at a Mensa club meeting. The, the, the sign is Mensa. If you don't understand it, you wouldn't be member, a member. Um, it's, really? it's really Well, fun. I actually, uh, one of my... And of course, comic book guy is a member, and he's the best. This... I have the... The story of how two brothers and five other men parlayed a small business loan into a thriving paper goods concern is a long and interesting one. And here it is. <laughs> it all began with the filing of Form 637. <laughs> That's the principal takes him to the box factory on a trip. What about this one? This is a classic. Help the humans about to escape. Oh. Get your paws off me, you dirty ape. <gasps> he can talk. 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 I can sing. Oh, help me, Dr. Sayers. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, oh, Dr. Zayas, 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 Dr.
Yeah, that was great. That was very early on. But it's like, you know, even now, I mean, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. They do the Dr. Zayas. What kid's going to even get that reference? You know, it's like so, you know, there's got Planet of the Apes and Amadeus, the song. Oh, yeah. Forget it, the combination. Actually, one of the posters you have, or you had last year, and I don't know if you still have it, was Homer and Fish. It, it didn't make the cut Oh, again. it didn't yeah. make the cut, because I have a clip from that. You know this song? Yeah, I run like an animal. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. I smell marijuana smoke. It's definitely Trey's voice. medicinal. If fish don't see a prescription slip, we are out of here. Who's that? We can wait all night, people. That's John Fishman. They always give everybody in line, so you you know who all their voices are. Paige McConnell, John Fishman. Here we go. Head to toes. Oh, yeah, that's John Fishman. Whoa. This guy is seriously ill. My doctor never told me that. <laughs> I had to hear it from fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know what to do. That's awesome. And again, fish is playing at Watkins Glenson. They always end with the Simpsons theme. It's funny. Remember oh, they did yeah. that with Green Day in the yeah. movie too. They always end. That's so cool that all the bands end with that. That's a real, you know, it's a real honor to be on Simpsons. Uh, and stuff. Yeah, that's why I, you know Sarah and Jeff uh, oh, Ross, I, I think, know. were both yeah. on the is Simpsons, tell? which is a big deal. I don't think it tells oh. ever been on, which is weird because he should be on everything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, 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 I had to take it down. No one recognizes Trey. He's not very recognizable. But you recognize Fish and Homer Simpson. That I don't think you like recognize a... Fish if, unless they have their, their their logo, which that it does. It has logo. Are you going drum. to see? Oh no, you're seeing the Dead at City Field. Yeah, next Saturday. That's is, around your birthday, isn't it? No, you... I'm in a month. But oh. um, but before my birthday, we're going to go see. Uh, sounds like old people stuff. Doobie Brothers and Steely Dan at PNC. Oh, they're at PNC? Yeah, July 6th. Oh, because I know those guys always play at the... Beacon. Beacon, right, in October usually. Um, I know you have David Tell in the Insomnia pose. You still have that, the Insomniac uh, years. Yeah. Yeah, you still have that on the wall. But the best to tell is the new one. I got a new one. Oh, it's with with you, me, and... No, underneath it. It's his first... Promotional. I think it's one of his first promotional shots. Oh, this the old, the young. Yeah, Attell look at that headshot. Hair. Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, it's like a young Attell. It looks like he's like I'm funny. Look at me. That's when I met him. He Holy, looked like they, that. right when you know him from Ithaca or something. No, right? no, no, no. I just met him through comedy right out of college. Though. I thought you guys went to college together. No, he went to NYU. Wow. I met him in '87. Because I, I thought you guys are really close. Yeah, like best friends. Yeah, I, I always thought you kind of like I might have, college buddies. I thought no, I met you. Before that, wow, really? Because yeah, while I, well, if you Lawrence graduated in eighty five, so I probably met you right then. So it was probably yeah. like I probably met right. Intel like a year or two. Although later. I, I had heard stories about you because when I used to pick him up, we in I, Edison, right? Yeah, I picked him up in Edison, and we'd go in and meet Sandra and Ben and Puppy, right? And they would talk. <laughs> you know what? They'd all make fun of you. Yeah, I know. So, I know they love making I'm like, fun. Who the that fuck? was Mister Lerman's favorite thing yeah. to do. He just died. And uh, that was his favorite thing to do to make fun of me. Like I was, so many people enjoy that because I'm a good sport about it too, which is funny because yeah. most comics. I'm like, who's this nerdy that? loser that you guys are constantly <laughs> referencing? And I got him. It is fun. Like, what was the thing that your father didn't remember Lawrence's name after knowing him for the? His you whole called life? him Leonard. Leonard, yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's Let alone he didn't know where he lived. Remember when he dropped him off at the wrong house after 30 years <laughs> yeah. living across the street? He's like, Mr. <laughs> Jessica, I don't live here. He's like, you don't? And I, I was laughing so hard. He's like, it's not that funny. I'm like, yes, it is. This is the greatest thing that ever happened because there's witnesses. 
But picking up Lawrence was also fun because that was the first household I went in. There was four or five conversations going on at one time. I know. It's fascinating. His that's mother why was my, always cooking something. That's and why screaming. my parents and his parents didn't yeah. get along. Because my parents would never have My along. parents were quiet. Yeah, and me too. And they thought Mrs. Lerman was very loud. Oh, my God, loud. they didn't appreciate that. And they didn't understand but, that they were very bright. Right. There was always books all over. I know. They didn't, art my all over. did not understand and that. newspapers and magazines all over, just like Lawrence. And, and you got the sense that, man. And food. And the refrigerator was packed. But, and we used to be able to look in. videos I, and shit. In, I would look in binoculars and call them up. I'm like, <laughs> hey, could you just move over to the side? I want to see what that is by the milk carton over there. Because they'd open the refrigerator and just stare at it because they were all heavy. And, uh, you know, except for Mr. Lerman. Yeah. He was the thinnest of all of and them. And it was amazing. Incredibly neat. Yeah, it was fascinating. But uh, yeah, they I mean it was it was a really I enjoyed fun it. It was, family yeah, it was, and it was fun to be at their yes. house. And their house was like lived in. Yeah, every it wasn't room. like my nope. mo- was your mother's the same yeah, we, antiseptic? Yes. Every, yeah, you couldn't sit anywhere. And as soon as people left, we'd vacuum and sweep up yeah, and they rearrange. They used to hang out in their living yeah, room. I know. Which my mother great. would never let us hang out in. And the more people the better it was. Yeah. People it was like it was like laughing. People just walking the into their Thanksgiving. Yeah. I, we never had a Thanksgiving like that. We had the worst things. In fact, my mother and me and my sister made a pact to never spend Thanksgiving together, together again. And we haven't for the past 30 years. And it was also Mrs. Lerman was so strong-willed that would almost like, here, taste this. It's going to be the best kishki you've ever had. I'm like, yeah, it's good, but it's not. Lawrence, this is the fucking best. Yo, who kidding? the fuck is this guy you bring back from school? <laughs> yeah, she'd get angry. Right, yeah. She it was, she was the reason I and went she, to the she, school she, that I she, went she, to. She's chocolate chip cookie and starts smiling. And she, Isn't that the best? It's, it's really <laughs> it's all right. it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's very good, Mrs. Lerma. But <laughs> I know. she was very, Well, she was very influential on all of yes. us. Like, Lawrence, you know, yeah. she got mad at you sometimes for like, you know, you, you got to shape up or whatever, <laughs> yes. right? I got the same treatment. Oh, when you got that speech, you knew it was real because she, yeah, she yeah. Yeah, tolerant exactly. of a well, lot of that's shit. how I went to school because I got um, into, accepted into two schools, and I was thinking about going to one. And she goes, "What are you crazy? <laughs> you can't go there. It's stupid right. there. You go into Ithaca, and that's that." Right. And my parents, I'm like, Mrs. Lerman says I should go to Ithaca. They're like, well, we didn't want to. We want you right. to make your own decision, that's but if right. Mrs. Mrs. Lerman's correct, because the other school was like Bridgeport, <laughs> you know. And, I'm, and they're like, "Yeah, it's disgusting there." So, yeah, she didn't give a shit, and she was way cool, and yeah. um, now she's going through a hard time. So, But, oh, actually, I don't. I guess I can tell you this. Let me just tell you this story, because I was going to tell you while walking, but I don't think it's any secret. Um, I got a call from this woman. You, you'll like this, because you know everybody involved. Um, I got a call from this woman who's Canadian, and she Facebooked me about a week ago or two weeks ago and said, I'm coming to town, and I'm doing a story on Margaret Trigg. Oof. Remember? Loved her. So I used to go out with this girl, telling my audience, um, who uh, I guess committed suicide or was murdered. Who knows? Nobody knows. She's dead. And uh, they, a suicide. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, she just wasn't eating and all that kind of stuff. So um, They found a, she... a noose around her neck and pills. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, technically, it's a suicide. <laughs> Although some people think she was murdered for Texas land. Whatever it is. <laughs> They wrote an article about her for New York Magazine, which you can find online, and um, because her story was interesting, yeah. because it was about a, a girl, you know, a, a, I'm going to make it as an actress in the city, and she made it to the middle. She got on a show on TGIF after Full House called Aliens in the Family, and it lasted a couple times, and, and then she... You know, just kind of went downhill after that. And there's all this stuff where, like, her mother called me and asked me to identify the body. It's all this crazy stuff. And this girl wrote this article. And I remember thinking, like, is this really New York Magazine worthy? And you know, But I guess it is, right? It was a significant article. It was like 10 pages. Yeah. So this girl calls me up. She goes, hey, I'm 
I want to make a, a movie on this. Wow, really? Yeah. So, but years ago when that was happening, there was interest from the movie from the article. Christina Ritchie wanted to make the movie, and you know the joke was who was going to play me, you know, in the movie because I'm all out through the article. So I was like, uh, you know, oh, everybody said, oh, it's going to be Nicolas Cage. I'm like, he would never take a supporting role. I'm going to be a supporting. <laughs> what is that going to be? So. You know, at this point, I you can only think, you know, I want it to be like Orlando Bloom or so, because there's going to be nothing funnier than it being the most handsome guy you've ever seen. And then they're like, and what is the real life, Dave Juskow? Like, you know, and then you're like, have I? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, this girl, um, this is, I don't know, 2003. So she calls up again, calls up and says, I'd like to meet you and talk to you or do the movie. And she goes, you know, I can buy you dinner. And I'm like, hello again. You know? <laughs> so we went out on Friday. We had a nice time. She seems, you know, pretty smart. I'm like, why? Why do you want to do this? What is the interest in this? And I guess it's one of those articles, if you're a woman, sometimes it speaks to you. She was obsessed with her body and her yeah. looks. And yes. she has all these pictures where she's like, here's the surgery. I need the plastic surgery and measurements for her nose and her face. And she was obsessed with that. And um, so I guess that's where the interest lies. You know, I can't oh, be great if they understand. Movie about her. It would be interesting. So this girl wants to do it again now. So she apparently tried to do this years ago. Are you ready for this? Because you're not going to believe this. This is what I'm going to tell you. So we're having a good time and we're eating. And of course, <laughs> we just met. And uh, I- I'm just like Larry David. Mm-hmm. I- we went to a-, a Mexican restaurant. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to have a frozen margarita. <laughs> and uh, the waitress comes over like, yeah, I'm going to have a frozen margarita. She goes. We actually don't have the old-fashioned frozen margaritas anymore. I'm like, excuse me? That's the only reason I came here. Let me. Can I talk to the manager, please? Why don't you have... It's a Mexican restaurant. It's a festive place in the West Village. You don't have... A, like, I was it's like... A picture of a frozen margarita. <laughs> girl was always... She was like, this is going to be an interesting evening. Uh, <laughs> a picture of a frozen... Anyway. Anyway, I went off track. But um, So we go to another bar. We're having a pretty good time. We're having a nice conversation. We go to this other bar. And she goes, have you ever heard of this guy, Lawrence Lerman? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, what? And I thought for sure she's talking about a different Lawrence Lerman. She goes, no, he used to work for Video Business Magazine. I'm like, I have, I've heard of him. Because uh, I'll always, i never tell somebody I know somebody because I want to hear what they have to yeah. say. Oh, so yeah. I never want to tell somebody they're my best friend yet or whatever because I want to hear what they have to say. But then I, I couldn't help myself because it was too weird. I go, um, yeah. I was the best man at his wedding, uh, you know, like a year ago. You know, like when I've known him since I was three. And she goes, oh, because, you know, I tried to do this article 10 years ago and he stopped me from doing it. What? He got angry at me at a party and he goes, you just drop it. Drop it. Do not. Because she's like, don't you know, Mark? He goes, hey, just drop it. All right. You just stop it. Right. I'm going to stop you right there. Like she he muscled her into not doing. I called him yesterday and told him all this. We were dying laughing. Not at all. And I said, and I said, oh my God, his mother did the same thing to me when the article came out. She got furious at me. Because why, why are you enticing the dead like that, whatever, you know, like, why are you picking on the dead? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She was an idiot, you know, whatever. And, uh, you, you know, I don't really have any sympathy when people die or it doesn't matter unless it's a pet. Um, so... I said his mother yelled at me just the way he yelled at you. So I said his mother got to him. Because yeah. you know how yes. his mother Influ- was yeah. not just influential on us, but he was always like, well, my mother says. I mean, he was a very smart guy. He is a very, yeah. very bright guy. Uh, you know, everybody knew it. I mean, yeah. Sarah knows it. Tell knows it. Guys, he's the smartest man I've ever met. That's what anybody would say. But a lot of the information apparently comes from his mother, <laughs> who he takes his, her, is that's the T of 
the epitome of what's right. Anything his mother says is the way it is. And it's because he's a mama's boy. And he technically ended up marrying somebody very much like his mother. So it's kind of funny. But, yeah, I think his mother said, I don't like the way this article is, and I don't like what Dave Juskow is doing. And so he went out, and his mother was in his head and told this girl, and remember when Lawrence gets angry at you, how terrifying it is? Because he was the most delightful (laughs) boy. Oh, my God, yeah. But when he gets angry at you, and I know you've been under the wrath of that too. <laughs> I threw up. You that. better straighten up, right? Oh my God, it's terrifying. So it was so terrifying. This girl, who's only met him on occasion, she stopped the article. Yeah, I the, was, the movie. Yeah. I'm sorry, the movie. She was already writing the. She wrote the script already. She goes, yeah, I just gonna need a couple of holes filled, and he could probably help her because he was involved. You were involved with Margaret many times. There were many situations we could talk about. And he put a stop to it. Is that funny? He had this influence over this poor girl. That's Sandra. And it's funny. It's she mom. It's mom. That's what I told her. I said, no, it's his mom. It's his mom that's the influence. I didn't realize what an influence she had over Lawrence until he started wearing culottes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she had an influence over every part of his life. It's really funny. But it's funny because that the reason what's made him so fascinating for me, at least when we first met, was that his mother took him to see all these movies when he was like three? He took, yeah. They took him to see two thousand and one of Space Odyssey when he was three, which he f- still fucking loves. Yeah, I and know, but uh, it was amazing because right. my dad. I talk about this all the time. My dad wouldn't take me to see Three Days of the Condor when I was like fifteen, uh, and it was because it was rated R. You know, you but know he the, just didn't. Then I realized he just didn't want to take me to the movies ever. The biggest mistake my parents made, probably in seventh or eighth grade. They accidentally took me to see a movie called Shampoo. Do you remember? Oh, that? yeah, with Warren Beatty and Julie Christie. Yeah, and you know how much nudity was in that movie? Yeah, seventy-three. And, and, yeah, okay. And as a horny kid, I'm like, oh my god, this is. I, oh, they didn't know because dude, it seemed like just a regular it was comedy. About a, about a movie about it's a hair very sexual comedy. And my yeah. god, the, and we had we we stayed the whole time. Town Theater, Middletown, New Jersey. It changed. Were the they way. looking at you like on the side, like through their eyes, like looking, like like uh oh? Look at I, all. I, I had such a boner the whole time. Yeah. It was, I mean, for a well, kid, I remember be, Jack Wharton has that one line erotic. where he sees Warren Beatty fucking Julie Christie, and he goes, "Now that's what I call fucking." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have been appalled if oh, I had seventy three. I, I wouldn't have been able to handle that. As a matter of fact, that movie, and I've talked about it on was, this show. I think I was thirteen. Yeah, right. That movie. Uh, do you remember um, the Amboy? Yeah. Drive-in. Oh, yeah, yeah. So before it became a porno theater, which you could see it on the parkway, yeah, nobody I'm... believes me. I tell these millennials in my office, they just can't understand. I'm, I'm like, surprised no, there weren't could... more car accidents. I know, because not only could you see the movie, but you could once once it got to porno, you would see people fucking. Yeah, from a distance, from... but you could make it out. You could easily well, make it out. I don't even know whether it was a distance. It Probably was pretty clear. Yards. And I'll tell you why it was clear. Because when we were in 1973, when that movie shampoo was out, it was at that drive-in. And we were going up the parkway, I guess, coming back from the shore. So I can't even imagine where the fuck we were coming from. Our dad never took us anywhere. Oh, right, because I lived south of there. So we used to always right, pass Right, right, right. So we were going up the Driscoll Bridge, and we saw the movie, and my mother goes, Oh, my God, that's the scene that everybody's been telling us about where Lee Grant gets drunk and she falls under the table. So for years, I always remember that scene. I never saw the movie. I saw it later on. Maybe I saw it 10, 15 years ago, tops. And I remember seeing that scene. I'm like, oh, my God, that's the scene my mother saw at the drive-in when, when we were driving up the parkway. Like, yeah. I mean, it's so that movie stands in my head you for know, that reason. I only saw it that once. Is it a good movie? No. Oh. <laughs> like, <I'm... laughs> no, it wasn't very interesting. It's just, you know what's but interesting it, it about it? It define that time, though. You well, know? that's because Warren Beatty was... is a genius. And when you look that good... And you make really interesting choices. Like Brad Pitt is nothing like that. He'll never be like that. He doesn't. He maybe he produced like he produced that Twelve Years a Slave, but it's not the same. Warren Beatty was the shit. He 
he parlayed his good looks into really making interesting films. And I don't know if you've seen Bullworth, which was technically his final film, really, in many ways. That movie still holds up big time. I just saw it the other night again, and I've told people to watch it before. Well, wasn't like it's I, a badass I, I, film. Wasn't his like sidekick or something always trying to do coke or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, the the guy uh, from uh, the guy uh, that plays Hagrid. No, no, he doesn't. Oh. No, it's oh. um, it's uh, th- he he's really funny and he's chubby. Good, he, yeah, he's on CBS show now, and he was in um. It's not Nathan Lane, but he looks like Nathan Lane. It's he was also in the Three Musketeers, I think, with Charlie Sheen. He, he's great. Keith he's Sutherland. a great character. He's a great character. A great character, yeah. right? And Halle Berry's in it. It's one of her first films. Yeah, it was great, and it's fantastic. And this is the guy. I mean, this is the guy who said, "I want to do Bonnie and Clyde," and oh, he, like, yeah. you know, he had everything to do with that, making that film. And then he does a movie like Shampoo, but then he does Heaven Can Wait, and he makes them his own. And for a guy that's that good looking, he had a lot of influence. As well, but, you know, and he made very interesting films that also depicted the times, and he had political, like Reds, yeah, which I did. He, I think he directed that too. But uh, sometimes I feel like, just unfortunately, the way Hollywood is, they they can't be made anymore. They're not going to no. be blockbusters. But no, I no, not remember, those. No, because now Black Panther is almost the top-grossing film of all time. And, and also, bothers you know. me. Remember, Lawrence had always recommended that it was a movie with Charlton Heston. It took place like in Mexico. Was it something with Mexico? Or, yes, and it was um, great. Wait, no, wait. There's two. Something about crossing the border. Yes, that's right. He was he was dressed up as a Mexican. Yeah. Right. It, I can't remember what it's called. It right. Bring, was it wasn't it, was it Bring Me the Head of Alfredo? No, no, oh. that's uh the guy from Stripes. Oh, oh yeah, right, right, yeah. right. But um Okay, Mr. Push. But those I remember when Lawrence showed me that movie with Charlie. It was so great. Yeah, but really... he's dressed as a Mexican, they darkened his face yeah. and everything. So I, yeah, I you could might have even that. been black and white. I don't know about anyway, that. Anyway, it was it was great. But those movies those were powerful movies. Yeah, I'm trying to think because there was an Orson Welles movie like that too, but it wasn't that, right? Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Exactly, there was an Orson Welles movie too. Yeah, they were, and they were all, I think, around. They were released around the same time. Lawrence, but I remember, I think Charlton Heston did a movie. Maybe it's called The Omega Man. And I remember he, uh, like, he was like, "I don't want to do. It. I just did a sci-fi," and they're like, "Oh, but in this movie, it's just you um, for the first half hour of the movie alone." Uh, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I'll do that." Okay, I guess now we can only do Warren Oates. So I, okay, <laughs> Warren Oates is great. You're going to look pretty funny eating corn on the cob <laughs> with no fucking teeth. That's from the Blues Brothers. Uh, this because I ate corn on the cob last night, so I couldn't stop doing that. Later. Every time I think of Warren Oates, then I think of the, 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 the sergeant from Stripes. That's what I was just saying. Oh. I just said this, sergeant from Stripes. Oh. <laughs> That's what I was doing. Okay, Mr. Wait, Push-ups. But War- War- wasn't Warren Oates in Full Metal Jacket? No. Oh, who who was the sergeant in that one? That's the guy who just died, Arlie Emery. He he, he to me is the, yeah, that, uh, yeah. I have some of his uh, work. Here. Full Metal Jacket was Let's great. See, is this it? Oh yeah. Um, and that guy's matured great too. The one that played. I am Gunnery Sergeant yeah. Hartman, your senior drill instructor. I just did a whole podcast. From now on, on oh. you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be, sir. Do you maggots understand that? Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sound off like you got a pair. Sir, yes, sir. F you ladies, leave my island. If you survive recruit training, you will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death praying for war. But until that day, you are pukes. You are the lowest form of life on earth. You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic pieces of amphibian shit. The reason why this is fascinating is because I... I've done some research. He kind of wrote this. You know? I mean, it's Stanley Kubrick. This is the only guy I think he ever let, oh, do what 
you want to do. Was that it was an improvised? Was improvised? Yeah. Wow. And there's and how much comedy is it? I didn't know they stacked shit that high. Because I am hard, you will not like me. But the more you hate me, the more you will learn. I am hard, but I am fair. There is no racial bigotry here. I do not look down on niggers, kites, wops, or greasers. <laughs> here you are all equally worthless. <laughs> and my orders are to weed out all non-hackers who do not pack the gear to serve in my beloved car. Can you maggots understand that? Here we'll move on. And who is this? Ah! Bullshit! You didn't convince me! Let me see your real war face! Ah! You don't scare me! Work on it! Sir, yes, sir! What's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the fucking questions here, Private. Do you understand? Sir, yes, sir. Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? Sir, yes, sir. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Sir, I am, sir. Do I make you nervous? Sir. Sir, what? Are you about to call me an asshole? <laughs> sir, no, sir. How tall are you, Private? Sir, five foot nine, sir. Five foot nine? I didn't know they stacked shit that high. <laughs> you trying to squeeze an inch in on me somewhere? <laughs> uh, sir, no, sir. Bullshit, it looks to me like the best part of you ran down to crack your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. <laughs> I think you've been cheated. We're I mean, that's unbelievable. There's no way Stanley Kubrick wrote that line. So this guy was brought in as a consultant, and then they oh. realized that oh, it was like, this that. guy's unbelievable, and we just need to let him do his thing. Yeah, it's, it's quite fast. He just died, so... Um, and who was the guy that played Pyle again? That's Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. yeah, I think good. his name he's is. Still, yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, he's been uh, good at everything. So just um, a couple of the other things I have that you have on the wall here, just because it is fascinating of the eclectic part of it, is you... Do I have the... Oh, no. That was, oh, yeah, here it is. Where is this? Yeah. Five, five in a delirious tenth inning. Oh, my God. Game six, 1986. Three and two. This is it. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. Oh, baby. I was there. You were? Oh, of course, yeah. I was a season ticket holder in 86. Me and Pat Donnelly and Marty Marks and Hugo. is worth a thousand words, you have seen about a million words. Hey, but more than that, you have seen an absolutely bizarre finish to game six of the 1986 World Series. The Mets are not only alive, they are well. We were down to our last strike. I know, I know. Like two or three knows. times. I can't believe you were there. Yeah. I How like, did you get season tickets? You were in college? No, I was in dental school and in Newark, oh. and we, we got eight guys to buy four seats. So we had- of, well, Who of, decided to go to games? How did you figure so that we, out? So we had weekday night games, but there were so many games that a lot of the guys didn't end up going. Yeah, but this was the World Series. No. How did you decide? So what happened was oh. there was eight of us, and a lot of the guys didn't go to a lot of the games, but me and Pat and Hugo always went. So when it came to the world, the postseason, we said to all the other guys, like, listen, you guys have hardly gone. We're taking the fucking seats. Oh, And they brilliant. agreed. They're like, yeah, you deserve and it. And you went to every game. Well, yeah. You went to one, two, six, and seven. And also oh, the playoffs. That's the way were, they went back the then. The playoffs right? were great that year, Did they too. go two, three, two? I think six and seven were home. Well, but, no, six and seven were definitely home. Yeah. But I was wondering if it went. You know no, what? If I, six and seven were home, it must have gone two, three, two. But I didn't go to seven. And oh, really? The reason I didn't no, go, why? I'll, I'll tell you why. And this also makes up, this is one of the best sports weekends of my life. I think game six was maybe on a Friday night. 
you, you know, it's funny. I have visions of that too. It might have been I was with the people from Bennigan's, <laughs> and I don't remember whether I saw games. So right, that could be true because we saw it on a Saturday night that night, like a, so all at a bar in New Brunswick. So you think Game Six was on a Saturday? That Game Seven was on a Saturday, I think. No, this is how I know the difference. Oh, okay. Game Seven it was would be one day after the next. But Game Seven, it was either on a Sunday night or a Monday night because oh. I was with my dad at the Giants game, and oh. in those days in '86, everyone brought like a TV, like a little TV. But the little TVs were tremendously big; it was the size of a cooler. Right. right. So we lug this TV in because we want to watch the Met game, and everyone else in our section is doing the same thing. And when the Mets won Game Seven. The giant game. Was it a stopped. Monday night game? I think it was a oh. Monday night game. It was either a Monday night or a Sunday night, but it was definitely a night game. So that weekend I saw game six and I saw games and I saw the Giants who ended up getting the Super Bowl that year. Right. That was Taylor and Carson and Sims. Yes, I know, because I was graduating college. And it was a great memory for my dad because we were together as the Mets won the World Series wow. watching it on this fucking huge TV that was a portable TV in '86. Wow. And it was a great weekend. I saw the Mets and the Giants in one four, three or four day period. That was the best i remember i was with i was working at bennigan's i was with the uh, the whole crew of bennigan's we all went to this bar in new brunswick i think it was called g willikers where salabi used to have a show uh, <laughs> and um we all watched it there i remember it was really exciting you know on bad tvs back in the day and, yeah uh but this bar had a tv and we all were together and it was really exciting and i i want to say it was i i want to say it was game i want to say it was game seven because i feel like we were but maybe it was game six i must have seen them all Oh, I mean, this whole town was, you know, ecstatic. And I remember Game Six. We everyone in our section was hugging, and we like because the steepness of the section, we all fell over, and then we all went on the field because I've got grass from that night. Wow! And we couldn't leave the parking lot. Talk about a tailgate! No fans left the parking lot for three or four hours. Yeah, and it was the fucking best celebration ever. I I called my dad. From the parking lot, told him what a great time. He was so happy that I was there to see it. And um, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, I never knew you were there. So I took the ticket stub, and then you know I got a picture like they had. How is that not on the wall? Well, (laughs) because I took the ticket stub and I got the picture of the ball going under Buckner's legs, and Mookie was from Lakewood. I got him to sign it. Oh wow! But I could never get Buckner to sign because Buckner would never know. But recently, blame him. (laughs) But recently, Buckner does sign. Well, because the Larry David thing uh, probably helped a lot. Yeah. So I I took the autograph picture and I mounted it with the ticket and I gave it to my nephew for his bar mitzvah but that nephew i thought he turned out to be not cool that's bright he's cool can you get it back i'm trying <laughs> you <laughs> you retros- put it on the wall here in know? retrospect <laughs> i wish i gave yeah. him a, a nice album or something a double album of pink floyd or Boy, something. that's pretty cool does he but he how could he possibly appreciate that more than you could no he's a big sports fan but uh, he doesn't but at least it's going to live on hopefully live on you know well, it lives on in our minds. You yeah, know, I don't know if anybody else cares, but they. they I won't. talk about that all like you know. I talk about that night in '86. That was a, a, that was an amazing night for world me series, too, and I wasn't even there. I can't. But believe the whole you were World there. Series with That's that was the, the year of Lenny Dykstra and Doc yeah, and Daryl, and they're all the picture you have is Gary Carter coming out. Kid, you know, yeah. everybody remembers that. And, and Roscoe and you know, um, Steve and the, Fernandez. And the funny thing is, that's what makes that Seinfeld episode so great with Keith mm, Hernandez yeah. because all they're like. He was in Game Six. Yeah. <laughs> what was I, what was I doing? I was making jokes at a stupid comedy club. He was in Game Six, and then Elaine's like, "What is this Game Six everybody's talking about?" I mean, that's the best part. It's like that's when when other people say you were in Game Six. It's like it, you know, there's lots of Game Sixes. Yeah, but it's like that one is the Game Six, even though like we also know the. Uh, the Rangers Devils won, which was the game six, which got the Rangers to the uh, Stanley Cup that Howie, year. Howie Rose call? Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, I have the, the I think this was the night of the. Uh, Let's first game of the playoffs. Haven't played since the last game of the regular season. 
Lidster has seen some ice time and has been effective. Kovalev moving in. Kovalev to Messier. Messier shot. Score! They tied the game! Mark Messier! You know, which what I was thinking about, Dave, was the other one. When the Rangers, I think, won the Stanley Cup and Howie Rose was like, Mato! Mato! Just throw the clicker away! Because this one has... I think there's another one here. This series. Wait. Kovalev covering up. This is another one. Yeah. This is the same night. Four on four, remember. Leach moving it in. Leach drops it. Kovalev again. Save one goal. Rebound. Score! That's the second goal that Mark night. Messier gets his second <laughs> goal. The Rangers. Nail even landed. Stop the hat trick. Oh. Yeah, Goals in this game. Bernie Nichols looks behind him. Messier won the draw. Lidz declared it around. John McLean center for the empty net. Mark Messier, do you believe it? Do you believe it? He said we will win game six. He has just picked up the hat trick. Now that one hurts me because I'm a Devils fan, yeah. but I remember that was fucking awesome. And the best part about that game was that was the one where they were down with the Devils. I think they tied it up, or did they win that game? It was that was. That wasn't the double overtime game, obviously, because it was an empty net. So he, that was the one where he goes, listen, faggot, when he's talking to his team, I'll show you how to fucking win. <laughs> and then he scored the goddamn hat trick that day, which made him a man, which means you have to have respect. <clears throat> like, I don't like the Yankees, but let's face it, um, <clears throat> Derek Jeter and Juan Carlo or Giancarlo are awesome. Yeah, you know, you have yeah. to respect their greatness. I've met that Giancarlo once, and he was really cool. But, you know, nobody, I mean, you can hate the Yankees like I do. And they're too. stupid fans. Um, but you cannot deny Derek Jeter's greatness, let alone that your 3,000th hit is a goddamn home run. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. But, you know, you know, getting back to that 86 match, you know, it's... it's, it's I haven't played the Rangers because I know you have a picture of that, too, or you yeah, did. No, yeah, I have that, too. Yeah. But I also have the Rangers from 94, which is the day... That's what I'm talking about. Um, 90, that's what I meant, 94. Oh, but do you, know, of course. I, do you know what I remember best about that night? Yeah, that night that we went out to the sta- to the garden, right? Yeah, we went yeah, to the garden. That was the best. But do you remember what we did after that? No. Oh, my God. It was me, you, Lawrence, and Lee. Yeah. And on the way home, back to the east side from the garden, as we were walking east... Yeah. We did a gay walks contest. Oh, with Vinny. Oh, it was Vidi. I don't think it was Lee. Oh, okay, it was Vidi. Yeah, and Vidi won. It was me. Yeah. And I remember we all tried to, you know, walk. John Vidi's on the podcast a lot. The, we, the okay, yeah, club. we did a gay walks contest. It was yeah. the first time I've ever encountered that. You guys like, let's do a gay walks contest. We were pretty like, high. Like, what's, what's that? Like, you have to walk in. I'm like, oh, that should be fun. And, like, Lawrence, who's a little chubbier, he did the best, like, like but Vidi was the one who won. I remember he did something with his bag. Yeah, he had a pocketbook or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a thing he carried in as a pocketbook. Yeah, he Dude, had that won. was the most fun. And that was surprising. Fucking night. That was amazing. We were high fiving people we didn't know. Oh, yeah, we just went down to the garden when they won. Yes, and just said let's go because Lawrence, you, you guys lived right by there. So yeah, we just went down to be and with also the people. I remember we were wasted and like you, there was some guy that was so fat. With like oh a, the Tikkanen, a, a he's wearing shirt. the Tikkanen shirt. He barely had the shirt. Yeah. You're like, yeah. hey Tikkanen, it's good to see you, bro. And the guy's like, what? It was a big fat Tikkanen yeah. guy. Yeah, he's I so always fat. remember that. That was one so. of the best nights ever. Yeah, that's got to be one of the nights we the, all remember. Uh, yeah. Certainly, you remember living there. It was great. Uh, that was like a, a classic. But isn't it night. fucked up how so many of the '86 Mets are so fucked up now? Like yeah. Lenny Dykstra when he's on Howard, I, I can't believe no, it's it. Horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. He doesn't have any teeth. So fucked up. it's gross. It's really sad. Those guys were gods to us. Yeah. Doc, and that, that's Doc why it's terrible. great that, um, yeah, well, those guys are, we know why they're messed up. But that's why it's great that 
Keith Hernandez is still way yeah. cool. And he looks great. And, and, and Ron, Ron Darling. Darling. And they're so good on the show. And the best, um, God, I when they had the 25th anniversary, yeah. um, the oh, yeah. best part of that, which is great for Keith Hernandez, is, well, I mean, just what is better than being announced and they think they saved him to last? Um in 1985, he was the Golden Club winner three times in a row, you know, like whatever. And he's Elaine Bennis's boyfriend. Please welcome. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. What's better in his life than he won the World Series and he's in this legendary Seinfeld episode? Yeah, probably one of because, the best top five Seinfeld. And it's a two-parter. And Seinfeld worked that out perfect yeah, where he the got JFK the Yankees thing. and he got the Mets in, involved, you know, in both. So you don't, so you don't leave out anybody. George works for the Yankees, yeah. but we know Jerry's a Mets fan. You work out perfect for this town. You don't alienate anybody. And remember the other Brilliant. Mets picture that was in that, that uh, that was probably the, I guess he was the source of the, the magic loogie, was, um, what, maybe it was like a relief pitcher. Oh, uh, Jack, Black Jack McDowell. Oh, Jack, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was the reason. Roger McDowell. Roger oh, McDowell. Roger Mc- yeah. oh, I thought they called him Black Jack. That's why. Oh, I okay. But, but it's Roger McDowell. Yeah. Wait a minute. I remember that day. Yeah. It was Roger McDowell, and he was down that gravelly road. He was pointing, because <laughs> he's a horrible mall. actor. That's yeah. what made it so good. Oh, yeah. You know, right? I'm Keith Hernandez. But that's the best, like, <laughs> Mets, Phillies, 1986. Oh, Newman. You caused an error that cost the Mets the game. That's a good part, too, because when you're writing that for your hero, do you take a risk saying that you caused a big error, even if it's not fact? Right. You know, do you, it, was he okay with that? Like, geez, I'd yeah, not like to that, recall yeah. that. Yeah, but that, so that's what's also ballsy. But when Newman comes in like that, right, Mets, Phillies, June 1986. You know, One of the worst days of my life. <laughs> I remember that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the best when he remembers it. And you said, nice going, pretty boy. <laughs> <laughs> and then they slow-mo. They slow-mo his... his that, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so was, oh like my the Zapruder film. That was the whole... Yeah, oh, yeah, no, that's was, the best yeah, part, right? right? And it was when JFK came yeah, out, the movie. Right. So that's the other part people don't get when you see it now. Oh, it's, it's like, it's that's right. how important it was. Uh, that's what made it... That's what sold the whole show. That's what bought... That was season three. You think Larry David wrote that? Of course. Oh, my God. And that's what brought that show to another level. Yeah. That episode was the one... That solidified its greatness because they were still kind of dying. Imagine that—a sports mo- reference, a movie reference. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a. And it uses you know, Newman and Kramer to the best of their the abilities. The best of their ability, and then you know, because then they turn it back. God, we're sorry. Uh, what are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving. You want to help? Yeah. You were like, it's got to be handled like a baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything about that. The only part that I don't like about that, the only part that I don't like is when Elaine breaks up from smoking. Yeah. And it's I don't like that he's smoking anyway. I don't like that that's the reason. I want it to be yeah. quirkier. They had to find something. But, uh, I guess but it's true. To... He just lights up a cigarette like you smoke. But I don't like that he lights up a cigarette. But he was a smoker. Me. And yeah, he smoked in the dugout. I mean, that was his... Oh, my God. I know. I've heard him talk about the 86 uh, playoffs against Houston uh, yeah. when they went into 19 innings. Or 17, was it? And um, he said the problem was they all the beer was gone from the dugout because we went into extra innings, so we were really upset. They were drinking during the goddamn games. How cool were those guys? Those guys were partiers. And that's why it's such a joke. Everybody's a goddamn sissy nowadays. These guys won the World Series. They were drinking and doing blow and getting high, and they're all worried about steroids and all this kind of nonsense, <laughs> you fucking sissies. Look at this. Is how you. That's how you win... Let alone Lawrence Taylor, the fuck that messed up shit he I, was on. I read Doc's anyway. book, and you know, if you ever had problems with the, it, it was you know after they won the World Series, fucking Doc went to the Bronx to score. 
he got turned on by a couple of people there. Wow. Just like every other people that has a problem with that. He goes, you know what? I got six hours. If I if I just party for two hours, I could still sleep for three hours and get to the parade. And it kept getting worse. <laughs> oh, I remember worse. those guys. A lot of them didn't make the parade, right? Doc were, was the one. He, oh, he was. He didn't and, make it. And Strawberry went. Like I read the book. Strawberry went to knock on his house the next day, and Doc was sitting there paranoid as could be. Couldn't leave because wow. he had just gotten home after doing three or four eight balls. Couldn't get out, and he fucking watched it on TV. And they kept saying words. And oh, in the book, and he talks about how like he's watching it with some of these derelict drug addicts. Like, dude, why aren't you there? He's like, I'm too fucked up. I can't leave my house. Dave, that's so fucking tragic, you know. Um, oh yeah, wait. I had something. Uh, yeah, no, that's I. I've, I mean, yeah, that's this what, is the one where. <clears throat> sorry, uh, this reminded me of this clip. Was that Larry? Oh, I love my condolences. Clip. Your cousin. I'm sorry. How are you? Hi, Andy. I'm sorry. I, I really am. I heard too. you were in New York. <laughs> you missed a good one. This was really a nice mother's nice funeral. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Perhaps had I Richard been informed, kind, kind of, yeah. I may have been able to attend oh. my mother's funeral. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> Very well attended. Well attended. Uh, Rabbi spoke be- Honestly, Rabbi spoke beautifully. Andy. Like 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 a friend. I noticed you called Andy in New York, and he flew in. Well, right. Andy, your mother didn't say not to call Andy. I movie. was in New York. Said not to call you. That's all. That's all she ever said. Gotta say. Why didn't you call me when you were here? <laughs> it would have been nice if you called. You know, I was busy, Andy. Club. I couldn't see you. No, 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 I'm, no, I'm not talking yeah, about that. Calm. Just call me. Just, I, I figure if you're in town, just call just me and call. say hello. I didn't need to see you. I didn't need to come visit. I know, but what's the difference? I could call you when I'm in L.A. I don't, I don't see the logic to it. No, you know what I'm talking about. Don't be a putz. What are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking what you about. Mean? There's no logic to it. Are you out of your mind? If you go to Florida, you're, you're not going to call Aunt Chad? Not necessarily. <laughs> oh, you are. In, you come to town, you give me a call. Just if call. I can't see you, there's no point in I calling. didn't want to see you. Don't. What is the matter with you? Cousins, the food don't the fight. first night was not so good. It was just deli. But I'll tell you, people brought over. We still got some stuff in the fridge. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. we have a lot it's of delicious. hard-boiled eggs, plenty hard And the eulogy yeah. was, was, was nice? It was yeah, beautiful. Take a look at how wonderful. A lot of people turned out. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful service. Sorry about your loss. Where's Larry? <laughs> <laughs> That's why you reminded me. Like, where's Doc Good? That's like, where's Larry? Richard Kind is fucking great in that. Do you remember the next scene where Cheryl walks in with like lunch and it's turkey? He goes, no, oh, no. he's like, no, I had that yesterday. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course I remember. So, I, By the way, Richard I, Kind's a great guest on Gilbert. Oh, is that right? Well, oh, uh, lot, we're kind yeah. of friendly, me and yeah. him. So I see him a lot. Um, so I was auditioning for the musical Tootsie and I went to go see... Uh, they did a reading for it to get investors. They're making a new musical about Tootsie. Uh, let me guess. This did you? New. You didn't get that part, did you? Not yet. Oh, uh, there's still hope, but they think they used this other guy. But it was perfect. I, I was going to play the Bill Murray part. Yeah, oh, I do remember that. You and um, so Richard Kind was playing the agent. Oh, Sidley Lumet. So it, it's a very small part. I think if Richard Kind was in it, maybe they'd expand it. Um, so there's he doesn't know. It's not like the movie. He doesn't know that. Uh, Tootsie's a woman. He doesn't realize it's uh, Michael Dorsey. Uh, only his roommate knows. And so the scene where he finds out is just classic Richard Kind, and it's really funny. Like um, he's talking to Michael, and he goes, "Look, this is a show, and I don't understand why you want to do it. It took me a long time to get this, and this is ridiculous, and I'm leaving." And he walks out, and then Michael gets back into his girl costume, 
and he comes back in. He goes, I forgot my phone. Oh, hello, miss. And then he walks out, and, and he pauses, and then he realizes, you know, that's the thing. And he must have waited 20 minutes until he turned around, and the audience is going crazy laughing because, wow. you know, it's all. Yeah. And he just milks it because he's so good at that. Yes. You know, like, that's what he was made for, a scene like that. Oh, hello, miss. And then he turns around, and he's like, Duh. you know, like, <laughs> but he waited 20 minutes. The, the longer you waited, the more you laughed again because then, well, he's doing it too much. But then it was one of those yeah, things where it's the like, right perfect time. Yeah. And uh, it was, he's so goddamn funny. He's really talented. He's on the, uh, I just saw him on Young Sheldon recently. Him and Wallace Shawn, I know, who was also on your wall, Inconceivable. Uh, inconceivable. Inconceivable. I actually have a, a clip of all his Inconceivables I love Wallace uh, together. Shawn. I knew that you knew. That would be inconceivable. As I told you, it would be absolutely, totally, and in all other ways, inconceivable. Inconceivable. It's a montage. Inconceivable. Inconceivable. That's a good one. You keep using the horde. I don't think it means what you think it means. (laughs) (laughs) I know you also had a picture of Mandy Patinkin. As Saul and as... Tony Montoya. Yeah, that's uh, that's so interesting too. Why? Uh, just because you like the Princess Bride, I know you like Wallace Shawn, which makes a lot of sense. I, I like the Princess Bride a lot, and I, you know, I, yeah, everybody. Andre the Giant. It was a great movie. Right, that's right. You were actually a big Andre the Giant fan, yeah, I, even I was before big, the Princess Bride. Right? Did you see fan. the documentary? Yes, it was, was that great. great? Yeah, that's a good one. That's I, yeah. a really interesting one. I, I never, where I never knew he was like a happy guy. Yeah, like, he was a happy guy. But he also, wasn't, like, sad, like, I, really. It kind of was sad, though, a little bit, I thought. Cause it seemed like he was a... Well, he, at least he was a good drunk. Yeah, he like, was a fun see how drunk. how much he could consume? Yeah, oh but that God. made sense. Um, I actually met him in Allentown one time. Oh, I, yeah? I was at a, a liquor store, and he was in front of me, and I, I just remember his back was so fucking wide. I remember I could, people telling me, like, in a jacket, you in a suit won't jacket. be you, able to imagine yeah. how big he is until you see him Dave, in person. You his, won't understand. His back I can't was as wide as two men next to each other. I was because I was behind him on on line in the in the uh, liquor store. Wow. Um, yeah, but um, so that movie was great. I also just I think a lot of either people that like that movie Princess Bride don't realize that that's Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, isn't that funny? Because I, 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 that's another picture that people are always like, how come these guys are together? Because I said they're the same guy. Like Mandy Patinkin was in the Prince. He was that guy. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting because you know when you have like a musical theater guy who gets a part like oh, that, which yes. is not musical, yeah. it, you're like. Wow, how did he even? Get, but what a great actor! I heard he's a little difficult to work with, but yeah. I mean, he really. I guess. But it's you don't worth watch it. Homeland or no? No, I don't. I, he plays I mean, Saul. I know he's, he's very, huge in it. Yeah. It's a very. I, I like the show. I mean, yeah. You, you no, know, everybody likes the show. I'm the only. I, weirdo. I also never really. I didn't realize that he was, you know, a singer until my mother started listening to all his Yiddish albums, and she loves. Yeah, isn't them. that the funniest thing? He's not only a singer, but he's a big Jewish singer. He does an album in Yiddish. Yiddish, too. I mean, all the girls like him. All the, the you know, our mothers. And oh, stuff my like mother that. loves him. Yeah, of course. Between him and Barbara Streisand, like the Eugene Levy. Thing and uh, uh, waiting for Guffman. Yeah, my mom actually said, "Kishka, that Kishka." <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm, again, I'm so glad Eugene Levy's going to get his due, or he has it. Do you watch like Shit's Creek? Yes. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, that's kind I of like fun. It, yeah. I didn't like it at first, and then uh, this girl Lisa told me to stick with it on season two. And when David started working at the blouse barn, yeah, it picked up for me. That, that's funnier. his real son, right? Yeah, yeah, and I needed. You know what the problem was for me? I was like, "Is this guy gay? Is he not gay?" It was bothering me, knowing it was usually Levy. There was something wrong. Uh, it was something I've talked about before, and people make fun of me because they everybody thinks I'm gay on the podcast anyway. So. Um, I would never write a show that would have me play a gay guy. So I yeah. couldn't figure out why this guy would do this if he was. Now that I know he is gay, I'm good with it. But it's like, I don't understand how a drinker would like write a show. You know what? I'm going to be gay in this. <laughs> I'm just going to choose to be gay. And they're like, why? You could also 
I, I just I think we're too insecure yeah. to ever write a part for ourselves. Like, why did you make your character gay? Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. I always had this joke, and Attell would make fun of me. He goes, well, can you do a reference from not 15 years ago at least? Because <laughs> I always did tell this joke about um, that thing you do, the movie That Thing You Do. And that came out of like 94, Tom 96. Hanks Tom Hanks. Oh, my God, yeah. In the, there's a director's cut. It's three hours long. They air it sometimes on Cinemax. And um, his character's gay. It turns out his character's gay. And his lover is Howie Long. Wow. Yeah. And so I used to say, like, well, what is this director's cut? Like, like he was blowing a guy during the film. And they're like, why are you blowing this guy? Don't, it's for the director's cut. Just keep filming. Don't worry about it. You know, like, I, I just couldn't figure out, like, why he made his character gay. Uh, you know, like, and then the, you can just cut it out. Of the, in editing, you just cut it out. You know what? Uh, don't put that in. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. You know, I mean, it's just so, it's kind of funny. Like, I just, like, as a straight guy, if you're insecure like us, I don't know if I could do it. You know, I don't think, I could play it if somebody else wrote it. But if I'm writing my own thing, I would think my friends would be like, why did you write yourself gay? I thought it'd be interesting. (laughs) No? Was it not? Was it not interesting? You have nothing to say on that, huh? No, I was, I was just thinking of, <laughs> of other um, Eugene Levy roles. That What would you say, like, your top two Eugene Levy movies? Well, that's the problem is... Because uh, I, I like him mo- a lot. The problem is I don't, I don't think he's ever been as great as he's been in SCTV when he's in a character. So uh, besides Splash... Splash, Dr. Fleckman, was it? No, I don't remember. Dr. Fleckstein or something? He was great in Splash. But... And all, I would say Splash... And, and I mean the the Chris Guest movies. Yeah, well, also uh, best of show, best of show. He amazing. was really good. It was amazing. In that. He was really good, but it's like his SCTV stuff. People don't even understand. They but don't that scene where they give him the worst hotel room, the closet. Oh yeah, the way he's so now, nice uh, about room it. service. Will yeah. there be? Uh, <laughs> There's no. Room I just there. feel bad for him because his wife's always fucking other guys. I so know, it makes but... me upset. Even though she doesn't now, but she did, so it always made me upset. You know how we know thought why. of your wife in high school? She was the slut of the show. Uh, what about in uh, <laughs> when he was nominated for like an Oscar, kind of for the song, even though it wasn't his, but uh, for Mighty Wind? Oh yeah, sing that song. Not a lot of character. people know. I, I like that a lot. No, but it's right, but yeah. seeing him play different characters. But meanwhile, Fred Willard always steals he those shows. So <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And there are people laughing. And you're like, huh? <laughs> right? They always he, got always oh, got to laugh. He played that he, Dylan uh, S character, the real dark one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah that was, he, was, he, actually, I went to get you a rose. <laughs> I didn't love his character in that. You know, when but. I yeah, I know. But that's the thing. In, there's like when in in SCTV, and maybe they'll show this in the Scorsese version. Scorsese version. Um, it, they did a soap opera called Days of the Week, if you remember, on SCTV. It was oh, a yes, long-running, yes, yeah, yeah. every episode of SCTV, they continued the soap opera called Days of the Week instead of Days of Our Lives or something like that. And the Eugene Levy part, uh, he was this doctor, and it's so straight. But he, you don't realize his genius. Like, he's just as good as John Candy, and that's why they were friends. But in a completely... That's an ESPN. Oh, Mets considers sending off Michael Conferno. Oh, I, I told you to turn that off. <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's so great. The ESPN that's, has the ring. That's, that's, why I'm that, yeah. that, uh, that's what threw me off. <laughs> uh, also, breaking news: Donald Trump lands in uh, Singapore. Um, but yeah, he he was just as good, but he playing very straight. And yeah. it's funny you forget a lot of times when the straight person is just as good, like Abbott and Costello. Yeah, you know, oh, God, yeah. Uh, Abbott is maybe he's not funny. But he, it's it's a different kind of funny, and it's a talent, and to act, and it is a talent because when Lucas is going cra- or crazy and he's just like, <laughs> and he's like, "What's the matter with you?" You're talking like, I mean, it's really funny when they see Frankenstein and he's behind him. And he goes, "Come on, you're acting ridiculous." I mean, 
That is a talent too, right? Oh, and I that's think, what Eugene Levy was. I think more that like. comedian I was talking about as far as Marty Allen. That yeah, was, I think you're I right. I think of, you're right. That was Marty Allen. And you know, also, you know, when you think about it too, um, with like uh, the Christopher Guest movies, do you remember in A Mighty Wind, the guy who played Cheryl's father in Curb Your Enthusiasm was part of that entourage. He was a, a chubbier guy. Cheryl's father. Cheryl's fa- remember Cheryl. Cheryl and she had, no, I remember in Curb. I don't remember her father. Her father and mother. They come over a lot to Larry's because they're Christian. They have the tree and everything with the cookies. Oh, the I just Jesus don't cookies. remember. I he remember now guy. what you're talking well, about. He I don't was in a mighty win. <gasps> oh no no no! That guy's from Sixteen Candles. He's the father in Sixteen Candles. He plays a lot. Yeah. Yeah yeah. He's, he's apparently part of that group. Right. And yeah. He, he doesn't get enough. Well, he's great in 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 um, a mighty win. He's he's one of those. Oh, he. He's the one that started the group, yes, the folk yeah, group, right? Yes. Okay, I do remember. Yeah, I was remember how he, he was very old back then. Yeah, yeah right. He, he, uh, he right. He it was he, twenty years later. He then, doesn't. It's not a, His name is definitely you know not as recognizable, but yeah. he's in all that shit. He's really good. Yeah, it's funny. I always wondered how he got it in that, but he must have been part of, part that, of that group, yeah. maybe part of that improv group yeah, or something I, I like think that. So, yeah. How did he get on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Um, but also with the Curb Your Enthusiasm, you know what was great was when Scorsese. Was with Larry on that. It was oh my God. His mother died. Right. The way it started. Right. And my favorite on the line, rooftop. Right. So you don't. My favorite line at all. No. Is when Marty, who's acting really like a yeah. director, and he says, "Larry, I had a cut out. Just doesn't play." Which I always say. You know, oh, forget. is that what you? Were... But then the next line, when, when Larry looks at him, goes, "Marty, do you even know what you're doing?" <laughs> Isn't that a great fucking thing to say about Scorsese? <laughs> Marty, do you even know what you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> I always forgot that. I mean, I totally remember because I feel like that's how Adam. I feel like that's how the season opened. It was probably it was yeah, great. and on you the don't rooftop, know that's Larry. and you don't know what's happening, right? Right, and you're like, you guys fucked up. Right, he's throwing the money he's at him. Money. Right, he's got a line of and guys. Then he says to Marty, Marty, I want, I want a plastic bag with balls in them. Yeah, and he goes, I don't think it's gonna play. Yeah, no, it's not gonna show <laughs> right, right. up. And then he goes, do you even know what you're fucking doing, Marty? Yeah. Like, it's, that's just, I love yeah. that. What a great right. season opener. Whether well, he was always good at season closers, except well, that's why. That people make fun of the Seinfeld, unfortunately, the series closing. I liked it. But uh, he's so good at season closers and season openers. That was the And that's why opener. that uh, producer's thing That's where was he amazing. was when his mother died, right. Yeah, and... Uh, that was one was of the, the best seasons. Uh, what about the, the season closer of um, the fucking, the last one? Oh, he, not the last one. The bar mitzvah when he goes with the black girl? Remember he shows up with Loretta? But, you know, but... Oh, was that this recent one? No, yeah. no, no, no. Oh. That was that was the last. The last. That was the last. Episode, the last season was amazing, uh, where everything came together with the fatwa or whatever. Oh and yeah, stuff with like the fatwa. That. Yeah. And what about the one that took place in New York, where you had to end up in France so oh. Michael J. Fox <laughs> yeah. wouldn't bust him on? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's really good at like closing things out and opening things. It's yeah. always a really good season opener too. But the way he he closed the one with the fatwa is, if you remember, the guy with the fatwa interviewed all other. Oh characters. my God, that was close. That was like episode three. That was amazing. Right. But that's like Seinfeld being on trial. So exactly right. Like they the love doing that. Yeah. yeah. And how and people funny love is that seeing... that you're taking his side what yes. a twist and people love seeing an updated yeah uh, the updated soup nazi and the yep. updated yeah you know they love even though it update. didn't the part was there but it didn't work in the seinfeld it didn't work I, but I, I mean i'm not sure it worked in in curb either oh no i disagree it worked in curb in the sense because the twist yeah of that was the, what a great guy he was. they were what, what a great guy and how he's like so he dated you because he hates himself as a Jew? You know, like they were like, <laughs> So he slept with a Muslim right, twice. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, that's just so awesome. He slept with many women in wheelchairs? That's, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Isn't that funny? And you call, make the callbacks. <laughs> but yeah, in that last episode, which I can watch just because I like when they're all getting together, when Keith Hernandez is packing a suitcase and stuff like that, oh. it just makes <laughs> yeah. me happy, you know? Right. He doesn't have any lines. Or maybe he has two lines. 
the fact that he's back, it's just and it's, the Betty Betty. It's a Betty Betty bad man. Betty bad man. Tony <laughs> Seinfeld. Now I don't think you can use an Indian guy doing an Indian voice yeah. anymore. Everybody's so angry. But uh, yeah, that's a really good one too. Um, also, I mean, we'll. Um, I mean, we're. I'm having a good time. Yeah, I don't know great. if you're bored or anything. No way. But, uh, me neither. You can edit this out and post, right? <laughs> I just have um, a couple of other things I, I played because you also have. I mean, you have a bunch of comics on. You have me up there, which makes me very happy. Uh, Mitch Hedberg, I like. I have a uh, It's you have Hedberg, Jeff and, Ross. Hold on, uh, you have Hedberg. I had. I was prepared for that. I love Hedberg. <laughs> I bought a donut and they gave me a receipt for the donut. I don't need a receipt for a donut. I'll just give you the money. You give me the donut. And the transaction. We don't need to bring ink and paper into this. I, I just cannot imagine a scenario where I'd have to prove that I bought a donut. Some skeptical friend, don't even act like I didn't get that donut. I got the documentation right here. He, he was, uh, he was something great. else. You know, I didn't really know him very well, even though he toured with Lewis and Dave Attell. Remember wow. that tour? They toured together. And it was funny because, you know, I was very friendly with Lewis Black, very friendly, and never really met Mitch. What'd Dave say about that him? Weird? Well, he loved him. And in fact, not only did he love him, he does a benefit every year, I think, for his ex-wife. Oh, good. Nice. So, yeah, he was very involved. Also, you have a picture of um, uh, Newman and, uh, and Kramer eating the Kenny Rogers roasters. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you still have that? Did that make the cut this year? No. Because I even... That... Only because I found a better Kramer, the the, the portrait Kramer. Well, the man makes a pretty strong bird. What is that hiccup? Yeah. It's the wood that makes the good. <laughs> it sounds really? delicious. Uh-huh. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you hear it like that and you just hear the laughter. Yeah. It sounds, when you hear it and not see it, it sounds like the laugh is like like you're at a show, like a live Broadway show or you something. Know, you gotta Isn't that funny? It to, uh, to, it's got to be real. David that doesn't sound Jerry. like a laugh track. I mean, they're... they're their guests and their co-stars were awesome. Newman is great now, especially it's, when he was fat. And he was early on, too. And they kept, Remember, I've always talked about this. Larry and Jerry were very adamant about adding a new character because they don't want to be like Cosby. Yeah. They don't want to be like, who are the... They don't want to be... They knew, like Dick Van Dyke or something, Like they, they don't want to be where it's in syndication and you have a Robbie Risk situation, which I don't want to say because I want him on my show. But I'm saying that he knows how it is. Well, when you, you bring mean, in you a Cousin can, Oliver... You can't expand it, you mean, without it being odd? Without, in syndication years from now, like, wait, what is this guy doing here? So that's why it's funny. They were able to keep Newman, and he was in early on, but I would say the only person they added on in the later seasons who clearly they enjoyed and liked was Putty. Putty. Putty was Otherwise, great. that stayed to... It's just the four of them and Newman and then Putty and later parents. on. But they were very, very strict about adding new characters, you know, but because all the, I think they were afraid the, of the shows yeah. before them and didn't want to be but that the way. the guest characters per show, yeah. the, the, I mean, the talent, uh, you know, Spader and... Uh, you Unfortunately, know. Spader wasn't as good on that no. show as I wanted him to be. The but, ending is bad, but, um, but, the, from Breaking but I'm just bad, glad he was on. He was great. Wait, who's the guy in Breaking Bad? You I know, never saw the show, Breaking no, Bad. No, um, the, the star... Um, 
Oh, Brian, Brian Cranston. Yeah, the dentist. Oh, yes, of course. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tim Watley. Tim Watley, yeah. Well, they put him on a lot, too, yeah. right? He was just a guest star. So, they, you know, they didn't make him a regular, but clearly they but enjoyed the working with him. Lines in the whole show. Stickle of Florida. Florida. Right, of course. You would like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's a classic. I mean, that is a classic thing where he became Jewish just for the jokes. So that's what he's thinking. So Wasn't he Spader the one where the kid was saying, you're a funny fuck? No, no, no. That wasn't the. That's that's where Jerry had the tape, and he was angry. uh, So he went to see a show or something, and but no, the kid. He was just asking for ice cream. Wasn't Spader? Didn't Spader work at the ice cream place? He was working at the ice cream place because he was going through the twelve step program, and George wouldn't. He wasn't getting the apology, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it 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 was a strange casting. I mean, I was so happy they casted Spader, but it's it's not a, it's not a great performance by Spader. As someone who I like very much. But Newman's performances were so great. All remember, the time. I don't remember which one, but the one that they introduced, FDR. Uh, Franklin Delano Romanowski? What is Frank, it? Franklin Delano Romanowski. <laughs> Romanowski. <Yeah. laughs> that was the one with the backwards lollipop that kept getting oh, bigger Oh, that's the and backwards one where they go to India. Yeah, I think that that's great. like season nine, which is weird because sometimes there are last seasons the of the world. fucking lollipop kept getting bigger and everything. Yeah, because they did great. it backwards. It was great. That yeah. Was so, so Jerry great. Seinfeld. Funny guy. <laughs> yeah. That awesome. yeah, that's a great one, right? Yeah. I told you I hope you die. <laughs> I wish you were dead, right? Yeah. George with the shoes, with the hiking shoes, or Herman Survivors or something. Um, I also like, uh, like whenever they would, you know, they'd do the scenes like, well, like where would we find a guy with nothing to do or something, and then they just cut to Newman, you know, like kind of like a squeaky thing. It's or would they like, do Newman like in, in like in dark, in, like right, in, where, like in, when, in silhouette. <laughs> Only the bike's true owner would, you know, <laughs> right? And then, and then with the Kenny Rogers one, they're like, and then order of steamed broccoli. Wait a minute, <laughs> or you how, would never eat broccoli that vile weed. Or remember how happy he was when the soup Nazi was like giving away soup. He's giving away soup. That's free. <laughs> he runs around with a spoon or something. Yeah, I mean, it's such a great, it's such a great deal to just make a like an enemy. Uh, yes. you know, like an enemy who lives down the hall, who's just uh, you know, and what a great character! I mean, really, he did it perfectly. And the fact that he slept with Kramer's mother. Oh, that's right, Babs. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Newman. Everybody is, I think. He's life, really yeah. talented. I think you know, and all those scenes with him are funny. And it's funny because they're so ridiculous. And you know, that's when you know somebody's really funny because it's it doesn't make any. His things are sometimes over the top, and you, Larry and Jerry are very very structured and serious and not making something over the top when you already have a Kramer character who's over the top. But obviously this guy Newman, they just you're just like, what are we gonna do? This guy's it's similar in the curbs in the curb characters with um Leon. Leon. He's it's so over the, the top. Exact you know? same thing as where yeah. this is what he did. He yeah. brought in a new character. There's no reason why Leon should be ever living with him. Right. Forever. After that season, clearly he just knew this guy's great. And remember that opens with Leon, your whole family left. Why are you here? I ain't going to leave. And that was it. And, there, and it doesn't make any sense. And usually Larry would be like, no, we can't. We have to work it out. But he was just like, fuck this. This guy's too funny. We have to keep him. And now he's a staple on the show. In fact, he outlived uh, Cheryl, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, basically his wife now. is. Uh, and J.B. Smoove is really great. And uh, it's funny because he's just himself, I think. Because I feel like I'd rather. I wish they used Richard Kind more than they use. Um, yeah, uh, me too. More than they use. Super Dave Osborne. I oh, I like him too. Uh, but yeah. I agree that I wish they'd use Richard Kind more. He hasn't yeah. been in at all. I know. Yeah, I wonder why. And also, I think Shelley Berman died, but he was. Yeah, he did die. He, he was did die. His great. dad died. Yeah. His dad. He was yeah, so Yeah, he was good. perfect. Yeah. We're not going to live forever, Larry. Yeah, I'm not. I'm going to go. You're going to go. Are you saying my mother's dead? I'm, she wasn't feeling well. Yeah. He was Shelley Berman. Well, that's why they use a lot of old comedians in that. The guy with, well, in Seinfeld, the guy with the pen. He was an old comedian. 
Take the pen, Jerry. Oh, yeah, right. Take uh, the pen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy, I believe, tells the story of Broadway Danny Rose. Yeah. Isn't that the guy? Because he was on Gilbert, I think. They interviewed him or something. Yeah, I don't know his name. But yeah, yeah, he's the guy that tells the story. Because it's weird. I've got the best story. so much younger than yes. that was in the 80s. Same but it exact seems voice. Like in 10 you years later. He got really old. Uh, yeah. Or maybe he just was older, but he looked good in that movie. Uh, he was I have a, the best Danny he was Rose a story. Spell, he was a poor spell comedian back in yeah, the day. Yeah, I guess it's kind of cool that he uses those people. But then Jerry did that too, I guess. Uh, with uh, You know, he had um, Pat, uh, what was that guy from the Friars Club? Pat Cooper. Uh, that meeting with Pat Cooper. Like, you know, oh, he, yeah. he was always mm-hmm. trying yeah. to show the respect. You know, he used a lot of his friends and stuff and like that. That's why I've always said I picked the wrong friends. <laughs> you know, Talon Sarage is harm. They put me in a couple of things, but it's just not good enough. I needed to be friends with Ray Romano, or certainly Amy Schumer would be good because Rachel's having a nice <laughs> right. time, uh, you know. But um, that's the uh, pretty much the story, I guess. Well, I guess uh, we could call it a day, even though I'm having a really lovely time. I'm trying to figure out what to end on today. I think I'll go with. I'm thinking. <laughs> Sorry, wait. Um, I'll go with. Are you seeing any concerts this summer? This is what we're going to end with today. Um, and we're going to call it a day. And uh, I am, um, no, I don't think I, I was actually supposed to maybe see Def Leppard and Journey. Uh, I didn't want to, but I thought if I could get the suite at the Prudential Center, it's oh. fun to just invite everybody. But they said, um, I don't know, the policies have changed there and they just don't give me what I want anymore all the time. Maybe I wore out my welcome there. I don't know. So then, no. Um, last year, I saw Tom Petty and Hall & Oates. Uh, but thank God I saw Tom Petty because, uh, you know, it was right at the end. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was fortunate to see his final performance. What about you? I know you're seeing The Dead on uh, in City Field. The Dead, yeah. Are you seeing both nights or just the one night? No, second night, Saturday. Oh, that's lame. Most people would go both. Dude. You might miss something. Oh, no. If I miss Dark Star, you're in big fucking oh, trouble. Oh, no. They might play Morning Dew only one of the nights. That's actually That's the only song I know. That's accurate. God, I hate them. And again, I'm sorry. John John Mayer is bringing it. Yeah. Well, that was obvious that he, you know, he's not stupid. He's he's an amazing guitarist. People, it's weird because his music for that blues festival. His music that he makes doesn't add up to him being an amazing. But he's a really good polished guitarist. Yeah. And that's the thing. And he obviously has the respect for the dead and their fans and. If you say that he's doing the right thing, which clearly he is, otherwise it would have stopped. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, it is good. And it's amazing. But uh, so I just have that. And I'm hoping that in August to see Hanson, but. <laughs> Are they still alive? Mm, Bob. I guess they, they'll be alive way forever. Actually, yeah, they're, they're so they're, young. They still though. perform. They do? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're serious musicians. Did they grow up, Han- did Hanson grow up handsome? I remember that one yeah. brother was not looking good, you know, early on. But, uh, exactly. There was that little, adorable little drummer. Yeah. Um, so you, that's all you're going to see, but that's all you need to see. Um, and is the dead good at a place like City Field in the open? It's it's just as good, right? I mean, it doesn't you know, matter, or do you the like the it great, better? And... The Grateful Dead were great at outdoor venues because yeah. they were so powerful. Right. I don't think Dead & Co. have that strength, and obviously because Bob Ware and the drummers are so much older now. Um, the, the, the one of the, the one of the most common complaints of this tour and the last couple tours that they're playing all their classics just a little bit slower and a lot of true deadheads feel like oh what does it matter if it's a little bit slower but you're so used to hearing you know uh, one tempo yeah I, and it's, it shows a little bit of age but 
that's the no, that's everybody's the everybody who's there is really old. Yeah, I don't think they do. They have any new fans? Well, yeah, maybe they John do. Mayer bought no, a couple definitely. of people. John Mayer's so. bought a lot of younger fans. Yeah. Absolutely, a lot of female younger fans. Anyway, David, thank you thank so you, much Dave. tonight. Thank I mean, you. we had a great time. It's still early in the morning, and they just put up a blue flag. What does that mean? A blue flag means it's uh, that's the limit. For, you can't swim past that blue flag. For real? Yeah, it's on the sand. If you're out in the water, you can't be past it. Oh, you mean it can't go to the left-hand side or the right-hand side? How interesting. Well, I guess there's bad weather to come, but what a lovely day. A nice green flag. Oh, and a green flag. So we can swim right in the middle, right by outside the cabana. Dave Elliott, thank you so much for another great season of Cabana Making and a good podcast. I mean, I had such a good time. We talked for this is the most yeah. I've ever talked to anybody. I was having such a good time. I hope you were too. Thank you for inviting us into your lovely home Thanks, during David. your really summer home. It. And uh, everybody, we'll see you next time on the Nightfly with Dave Jessica. Good night, everybody. Night.